writing a note to Pia, telling her we're doing the podcast. Hopefully I'm not telling anyone else I love them. Yeah, I think that's just her. <laughs> big group, group message. <laughs> okay, there we go. Big group message. Right back at you. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to what we hope is a much shorter version of Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? Um, I'm Ian Booth. I almost choked on coffee there just at the concept that we were doing another one of those. Like, we've actually got two shows worth of letters to read (laughs) of our regular mail. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) I'm looking forward to by the end going, (laughs) sneakers, I... You can do it, Ian. You can do it. Right. I gotta say, no one sent me any wine yet, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there. Well, no I, I don't know if you uh, do you not see uh, Nina's message. Oh no, no. What was Nina's message? Oh, it's illegal to send alcohol in the mail. Yeah, I don't care. Listen. <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's we that. Start- we start this show with a stolen song. Well, uh, I stole my computer. Listen, <laughs> we're all criminals here. There's no way what we're doing is legal, right? We should have to run That's this true. all by the government. But I, somehow mail fraud seems to... What sounds worse, mail fraud or wire fraud? They both they both sound bad. Wire fraud sounds like something you do in Pony Express times. Mm. Like that's like doing a con by telegraph. Yeah, yeah. Like tick, yeah. tick, 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 tick. I will sell them the farm. Oh no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, now Snidely Whiplash is here and he's taking your farm because uh, you got wire scammed, like the old timey days. Yeah, oh, but judging by all the um, all the Spanish signs in in the convenience stores in Aldergrove. People yeah. are still wiring money, so. Oh, sure they are. And here's the thing about, like, when you hear mail fraud. Yeah. It's just like, I think, honestly, the post office is just happy to be used. <laughs> like, frankly, like, they just, if, if mail fraud is how they stay yeah. in business, they'll be down with, like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's okay. Send your uh, drugs and mm. uh, shenanigans through the mail. As long as, you know, we've got work. Otherwise, we're going to get shut down. So, uh, yeah, send <laughs> well, they- wine is what I'm saying. They want the government. The uh, Republicans want to shut them down anyway in the states. It seems. Yeah. Here, yeah, here in Canada, we're we're more uh, we're more I don't know we're less we're more easygoing about you know carrying the load of gigantic crown corporations that that don't make money. Although that's not really the purpose of the the post office is to make money. It's not actually a business. No. It's a service. So the that's idea that we're gonna run yeah. this like a business. Oh, okay. In the states when we talk about that and they go like, yeah, you know, it's it's losing money. Yeah. It's one of those things that loses money. That's right. You know, you've, right? You're, you're, you've guaranteed to m- deliver mail to every single person in the United States. That actually probably costs more money than you make back in terms of like... Yeah. I have a feeling that those sort of, of companies, though, suffer from... Well, they suffer from, uh, you know, the the government's tendency to, like, extract profit away from the, away from the com- away from them and then, like, move it into general revenue so they can spend it on pet projects. This is what tends to happen with like I'm thinking of ICBC here. We have the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, which is a uh, insurance monopoly for for uh, auto insurance here mm-hmm. in uh, BC. So for sneakers that aren't local, and uh, the way it works though is that in the past it was a very profitable company. It had a lot of holdings, a lot of real estate holdings, as well as the fact that it was an insurer. And then uh, we got a government in 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 about 
15, 20 years ago, and their mandate was to balance their budget every year. But the way they balanced their budget was to take money away from ICBC and move it into their own their own coffers. So they they took about one billion dollars and moved it into the into their own uh, into the budget to spend it. And then for whatever reason, it's a strange thing, but ICBC is now a billion dollars in debt, and no one knows why. <laughs> it's really weird. So it's as if that if you take money from something, and you don't you know, and you keep it taking away the profits and don't let them to re- reinvest them and use them to to further the business, uh, p- bad things can happen. So, so I feel like when someone says, though, you know, you're a billion dollars in debt, mm. then you're not in debt. Why? Like, right? Why is it so like, unimaginable? If someone says, like, hey, listen, yeah. you owe me $1,000. Yeah. Like, oh, boy, I uh, better get that $1,000 back to you. Because yeah. you can think of $1,000. It makes sense. You know, sure. I can pay you back $1,000 and then I won't owe you $1,000. But if someone owes you, like, a, even a corporation owes you a billion dollars, <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, well, that's never going to get paid back. So it's ridiculous. So we're not even talking about it anymore. <laughs> the end. It might as well not well, exist. Well, it does exist, so though, gone. because, yeah, I mean, oh, you're right. It does. I realize that. You're but right. It's like, you're right. You hear, like, the national debt, and mm. you hear this astronomical number and just go, mm, la-di-da. What are you going to do? Well, what yeah. What are you going to do? You don't, but, I mean, you still pay for it, though, right? Because mm-hmm. with our national debt, I mean, the problem with the national debt isn't necessarily the national debt. The problem is that you owe interest on it. So you're constantly yeah. paying you know, and the same with thing with ICBC only owing a billion dollars. It's not just that they owe a billion dollars; they have to maintain that that debt by paying back the interest on it. And that's the problem: is that the interest is actually a reasonable, not re- super reasonable, but it's a number you can understand. That's right. So like, that's oh, right. No, that's real money. But like the other money doesn't. Mm, you sure, know, sure. It's like there's times when I like I've owed money on taxes where it's been like, you know, or like a student. Here, let's go with this. I don't owe student loan debt because i was able to pay that back but Mm -hmm. like uh someone who owns student loan debt and just goes i can't it's just impossible but the but the interest on it and the little payments and whatever yes but the idea of like well i and then i'm gonna have to pay a hundred thousand dollars in fantasy land i mean there's no way unless i I win a lottery that's not gonna happen so you know it becomes just uh uh, make them up make believe money it's just (laughs) you know it's there occasionally you'll wake up in a cold sweat yeah and just go oh or you hear a knock at the door and you think they're coming to take you away, but uh, it's not, it doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel real to you, except mm. as a, a ghostly terror. I'm of two minds about that because I think you know it, what? I think it would be minds. what's that? Right? Be of three minds, and let's hear the third one as okay. well. Okay, okay. Well, on one hand, I think it would be good if the government forgave that debt, but then I think about the fact that there's people who have successfully paid off their student loans, even though they were astronomical. And so then it feels kind of unfair that there's one group who, you know, were fortunate enough to be able to pay off the debt, and another group were unfortunate enough that, well, whatever. I guess it would okay. be better Here's just to write. My feelings on that is like better just to write it off it, entirely. You know, I should stop punching people. But <laughs> well, what about the people I already punched? But you're like, not really is it punching fear to those people. Well, but, yeah, because you've but, hurt. That you're saying these other people have suffered to to pay this off. So these people yeah. should suffer. To be fair to the people who have suffered before, I don't know if they've suffered. So they've been able to pay it they off. Suffered. You suffer. You suffer to pay an enormous yeah. uh, student loan debt. That's suffering. That's yeah. hard. So it's like they should they should struggle and have the same uh, you know pain to pay this off that yeah. they did. You know uh, why? Why should then double the amount of people have to <laughs> like half the well that half of that you in, you interrupted me before I was I had said that so oh I, well very good. Then. I was going to say, oh, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's good that they paid it off and 
and they can feel good about that, but it's hard on the people who are unable. Maybe they can't get a job the way the other person got a job or they chose a field that maybe isn't as, as lucrative. Um, yeah, it, it just feels like uh, get rid of it. Get rid of that strain on people. Free, free university. Speaking of things that are not strenuous, it sounds like, uh, I saw pictures of you in a tube going down a river. Now, is, is this is this now, or is this or were these old pictures of you? Yes, this is. Well, I said I believe I said I was going to Summerland. Right, right. Sometime. I was, I was yeah. checking if this was mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. some things. So, what was going on there? It was very uh, well. Uh, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, uh, that was really nice. Well, just to give like a kind of general over overview of the whole thing, like so, um, Mary's boyfriend's parents have a house in Summerland. They bought a house there, okay. which I guess is going to be their retirement home eventually. And so we, so um, Mary and her boyfriend, her boyfriend's been living up there for quite a while. So Mary's actually been living with us for the last while. He is quarantined, uh, unemployed. And so rather than just, you know, boot around their basement suite, you know, for 12 hours a day, or nine hours a day waiting for Mary to come back. He's been staying up in at his parents' place in Summerland, uh, building a boat. He's building a sailboat. So, so we got to see that while we were there, and it looks pretty good. But um, so he's been away, and so she's been staying with us. So she's taken a week off from work, and so her plan her plans were, and that's what she did. She went up to Summerland, and she stayed. She's been there since last weekend to this weekend, and um, so we went up last weekend just to have some fun. Unfortunately. Um, not the show, although the show was a was a was a big thing to edit and everything. But it was more the fact that our website um, got shut down on Thursday night. Right. What was up with the, what was up with that? Well, it's one of those. It's one of those. You're you. Um, it's good, but it's bad. So it's good that lots of people are listening to the show. It's bad when the traffic gets so heavy that the website or that our host hosting service shuts us down because we are causing problems for their servers. So, hooray, we're popular. Boo, <laughs> it affected our. So I, I've had to do some. I had to do some fixing. So I wrote to the. I wrote to our podcast host, which is different than our net website host. There's two different entities. One is what the website can host can actually take very little traffic. So the website is hosted through a different company who can take infinite amount of web uh, podcast traffic. Mm -hmm. But because of subscriptions and stuff like that. It also that also affects our traffic on on the website, and so that was the problem. And so we were having a lot of uh, that, and so they closed us down. So then I I wrote to our podcast thing, and they they I'm have, I'm going to be changing the links a little bit, so it might affect how Sneaky Dragon posts soonish. Not that it won't be there anymore, but I ha I think that it it might end up that we don't have um, our sidecast showing up in the main feed like with Sneaky Dragon anymore. Okay. So if you do follow Fansplainers or <coughs> or um, Listening Party, etc., uh, it might be that you'll have to subscribe to those on their own. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. I haven't. Qu I haven't quite got. I'm going to do that this evening. So when I finish the show. But um, yeah. So that was a problem there. So luckily, um, the they're very good friends with a with a couple who live next door to them in Summerland. They they're like best buds. They come over all. They come over in the day and and we they we had dinner together. We went. Uh, we went to the beach together, just stuff like that, right? So, but he is a, a website guy, 
And so he's like, oh, well, let me look at your website. So then he was like doing all this stuff in the back door and reading all this code and doing this and doing that. And I was like, oh, so he got it like to an acceptable degree where the where the um, hosting service agreed to turn it back on. So they did. So it's it's on, but I, I still have to fix the problem. Okay. So that was that. So, but that, that just like ate up my Friday night trying oh, to, trying to d- deal with it. And Saturday, you know, and then I was waiting because the problem is, is you write to them and you're like, well, I'm not too sure what the problem is. And then they go, well, didn't you get this email? And you go, yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm not too sure what the problem is because I don't understand what you're saying in this email. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what this these words mean. And then they're like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And then they go, I'll talk to so-and-so and they'll, and they'll take care of it. And you're like, oh, okay. So then I've created a ticket and then they send you a number and you're like, okay, good. There's a ticket created. And then, so then you wait a while and nothing happens. So then on Saturday morning, you, you know, then I phone them on Saturday and I'm like, oh, I just wondering what's going on with this. Da, 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 da. And they're like, oh, well, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, I'll talk to so-and-so. We'll get it up for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So then, you know, I'll create a ticket. So <laughs> I think I had like three tickets by this point because I've been calling. Oh, man. And so then, so then, you know, then I'm waiting all day. So then I got the show done and then I just put it, I put it onto a USB stick, the show, the art. I think I already, you know, I, I put the show on, it was all, um, I, it was all MP3 tagged and everything. So I just had it already, I had mixed picture and I had the show notes and I just put them all onto USB stick. And then we left to go up to, to Summerland because by the time we left here, we didn't even get there till like dinner time on Saturday. So we kind of missed a lot of the day. And then, um. So I'm just waiting and waiting. And so then Sunday morning comes. So then I phone again. And then I get like a surly guy. Now, surly guy, in a way, was a drag, <laughs> but in a way was helpful. Because unlike all the rest of the people who kind of prevaricated and were friendly, but useless, this guy at least gave me what for. And then I knew what the mm. problem was. So he was like honest and didn't pretend that he was going to fix the problem. He said, no, no, this is on your end. You need to fix this. You're, that is, you're, you're, uh, these programs are taking up way too much traffic and we can't, we, and it's going to crash our servers. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, thanks for being angry. I didn't see that, <laughs> but at least I understood, right? Like, what's going on? And he didn't make a ticket. He just said, deal with it on your own. So I'm like, okay, good. So I, now I know what the problem is. So then, luckily, the, the Brian, the person who lives next door, then he, he came over in the evening and he sat down and he, you know, and, and like, unlike me, like, I can, w- make my way around our website pretty well. But the problem is, is I don't know HTML code very well. And so unlike him, he could look at it and see issues by just looking at reading through what it said. Whereas when I'm looking at it, I, I don't know what it's saying, right? It's just a lot of like shortened words and quotation marks and things like that. And, you know, rep H something or other. And you're just like, ah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So uh, so he was going through it all. And he, he turned off a couple of programs that indicated as being problems. And he we got including our store. Our store is shut down right now. I need to get that going as well. Okay. But, because um, it's not actually the problem. It just has a few issues because it hasn't updated for a while. That's where we make most of our money, selling Sneaky Dragon wine. <laughs> that's which right. technically right. is illegal. We, we cannot be spilling it in the mail. That's why, that's why I send it by Pony Express. Hmm. So, um, Ponies keep getting drunk and getting lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the final thing I did before we left Summerland on Sunday night was post the show. Because uh, the website was working, and I was like, "Get it up!" So I posted the show, and then, but yeah. So while we were there, though, we did have some enjoyable time. So um, one of the things we did is okay. So when you go to the Okanagan, mm-hmm. we were in Summerland, of course. So um, all the great names for all the places they're trying to attract people to, right? Summerland sounds like a great place to go on vacation, right? Summer, yeah, summer, yeah. How about you want some fruit? How about Peachland down the street? That's a great place. Oh, Full of lots of peaches okay. there. 
Sounds pretty nice. So yeah, it's part of like the, so there's the loop, right? So there's Kelowna, Peachland, Summerland, then Penticton. Mm-hmm. And so Penticton is kind of on a, a little, I don't know what you'd call it, a, a little stretch of land in between Okanagan Lake and Skaha Lake. So on one side is Okanagan Lake and the other side is Skaha. And it's known for its, uh, its, its, its antique pens and its tick problem. <laughs> Skaha? Right. Skaha? No, uh, Penticton. Is it? Well, you were saying oh, peach oh, land, go peaches. Oh, oh, uh, so Penticton. I'm, no, I'm so sorry. I'm no, it's okay. Up, it's okay. Just, it's okay. Worst You're co-host Ian's ever had, You're and the only kidding. one that is sad. That's okay. okay. I'm back. I'm going back to my coffee. You keep going. <laughs> okay. So in between uh, Okanagan and Skaha, they have a they have a channel, like they have a canal, basically. And they use that to to lower the lower the um, height of Okanagan Lake, and they dump it into Skaha, and Skaha is an outflow lake. So, so they uh, so you can you can rent or bring your own tubes to this canal, and then there's a, like a place to get in. There's like a set of stairs down into the water, and you can get into your tube. So we just rented tubes because we didn't have tubes with us, so we rented them. So uh, for the tube and for uh, a ride back on a bus it was $18 which is pretty good it's all right and yeah. it's it's a local uh, a local um first nations band that organizes it all so that's nice too so so yeah we um got our tubes and then we went into the canal and we did this when the girls were younger and i think it took us about 3 hours to do the the float down the down the canal but because because we've had such a wet 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 spring the water's really flowing so we actually did it all in an hour and 10 minutes. It was really, mm. it was really bustling. And, and, uh, and Lisa got quite a bit behind us. And so I, I stopped on the side and was just holding on to some grass on the, on at the edge. And the water was just like tearing at me. I really wanted, <laughs> I was afraid that, that, you know, it's, you know how you can get that grass. It's really thick, like the really thick stalks. They're almost like an eighth of an inch thick. And you could just like hang on, you know, so I was hanging on to those, but I still felt like I was going to be like torn loose and sent, sent on my way. But yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was nice. Well, that's really cool. I wore no, let... no I wore no sunblock though, except to my face. So, oh geez, I got a little, okay. I got a little bit. How'd of that sun. work out for you? It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I was mostly in the water. I was mostly in the water and had a shirt on, so it was okay. Okay, uh, be careful. The sun. <laughs> I know we've got other problems in the world right now, but the sun also is the enemy too. Well, don't forget, it's the it's, sneaky sun that will. It's get a, you, you know. It's. I, I think I like to call it a frenemy. Oh, in that okay. It, in that it gives us life, but also it, can occasionally burn us. And occasionally melanoma. So, yeah. so uh, that's, yeah, yeah. The, that's the thing. So just keep sure. keep an eye out on your skin, especially you know the fair skin lads, as we both <laughs> we are. Yes, yeah, so we got to be a little uh, little careful. Little I, careful. I think you're forgetting that I have point zero one percent Egyptian in me, or levantine. Oh, that is true, and that's and yeah. that accounts for that's all melanoma. the difference. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. Oh, did, did you not just get that joke as well? Oh no, I'm sorry. What did you? I miss it. You might have, you might have, you might have bleeped out. Sometimes when you're talking, you. Uh, okay, sorry, fair enough. Sorry. What say, you say again. Uh, you're, uh, say point, you're Egyptian. Point zero one percent Egyptian or Levantine, yeah. And that accounts for denial. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I missed that one. I'm sorry, I missed good? that. All right, yeah, I stepped, good. I stepped on. on your line. I stepped on your no, line. It's absolutely fine. It's uh, it's it's absolutely fine. Anyway, we had uh, a we had a wonderful time in Summerland. We drove the most boring way there, though, which is go up the Coquihalla and then go down this connector the 97c such a boring it's so it's so dull it's such a dull i can't even imagine how truck drivers can do that 
What's the uh, what's the exciting way to go? Uh, if you go to the crow's nest, and that takes you through Manning Park and through that really winding part uh, after Manning Park, which is quite exciting because you know you're just winding around through cliff faces. Mm-hmm, yeah, then, I don't like that at all. I know it's that's, awful. that's a lot of fun. And then you go through uh, Princeton, and so conceivably we could turn off and go to visit my brother-in-law and sister-in-law their cabin. But then also then it takes you through like um, all the the hay country, all the alfalfa country. So all the farms and stuff like that. There's air, not air's rock. <laughs> I think that's in Australia. There's there is a rock though. <laughs> yeah, you've gone too far. I've gone if too you far. Get to air's rock, you've gone too far. Your first <laughs> too kangaroo far, yeah. you see, turn around. <laughs> see a wallaby, turn around. I think yes. not only too far, too far back in time, because I don't think it's called Ayers Rock anymore. I believe it has a mm. gone with its uh, Aboriginal name, no which I don't know, so I apologize. But uh, no, there is a rock there though, and there's like about a thirty foot cliff you can jump off down into a, into the creek, which is quite quite fun as well. And so that's a good place to stop and have a little break. You can do some floating, you can do some jumping, and then you can carry on. And then there's lots of um, there's lots of orchards, so there's lots of fruit stands you can stop at and get some fruit. For your trip, so you can eat apples and peaches while you're driving and get all messy, and yeah, it's just it's fun. And then you you go, you kind of you you come in, you come out near Skaha Lake, so you're, I think it's called Caledon, and then you get to Penticton and then onwards. It's it's just a nice drive. It's just more to look at. Whereas the Coquihalla is basically was designed as like a fast way to drive places, so it's just sure. like chopped straight through the forest, and it's just like constantly either going up a hill or down a hill. And then when you turn on 97C, not only is there nothing to like, there's no towns or anything on these roads either. There's just nothing. So you're just it's just the same terrain like from point A to point B, and it just becomes like mon- so monotonous. Your mind starts to really suffer from it. It's so boring. It just it is shorter though. And that's why people like it. It's- yeah, when I used to do stand up, it was a lot of traveling around that area, mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. finding the shortest distance between two points. And I would occasionally <laughs> have a driver with me who's like, uh, "Oh, we should go the pretty route," and that usually meant we were going to be very, very late. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. They'd be like, "No, I'm sure this is the way." No, why are we on? The- Ugh, we're at a farm. <laughs> what is this? What's what are we doing? Oh no! Oh dear. This is oh this is before God. GPS, so yeah, there's no oh, way, yeah, way before GPS. No easy out, no easy out, and way before common sense, way before the internet too, just in general. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it was a lot of listening to audio books, and as I think I've mentioned before, the old man in the sea nearly got us driving off the road many a time <laughs> with just its monotony. Oh, uh, like, I've never read that. I'm not a I'm not a Hemingway boat. guy. Boys in the boat, the lines in the water. Boy watches the. Oh, I was like, oh my god. Just catch the fucking fish. Just catch the fucking fish. Does he not? Is that the whole, is it symbolism? Just good God. Get on with it. Huh. Oh my gosh. Like there's a lot of interesting books. And then he was also a uh, kind of guy who, um, this one guy I'm thinking of, who had a lot of motivational tapes. So you uh. had to listen to those things. And, you know, as <laughs> as stupid as they are, they were, but yeah, it did think you were doing the wrong thing though being on this tour huh yeah in every, to, in every every day and every way i'm becoming a better and better comic yeah until you die what <laughs> yeah then one day there'll be no more days that's the one thing you gotta realize um yeah um uh we had two two nice things happen this morning uh the first the first one was uh got a a, a tweet um from a mother uh, saying that her daughter had uh, done a Sparks video game, and uh, did you see that? I did. I saw. 
Okay, I saw you had an on Facebook. You had a link, I think, or something. Yeah, and also, well, but I got it from uh, I got it from Twitter. Uh, she, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she included uh, she included me in, in that, and her daughter was doing a. Let me see what she was doing it. Uh, what she was doing it with. She was she was doing it with some sort of summer uh, summer program, uh, and uh, and she's eight. And uh, yeah, here we go uh, with the moving images, uh, moving images, uh, New York City. Uh, yeah, the Museum of Moving Image. Okay. Uh, was having okay. A, a thing teaching kids how to do two uh, D video games, and so her eight year old, who she calls Kitty, uh, <laughs> uh, created her own Sparks indie two uh, D video game, and uh, gave me a link to it. And so I, yeah, I forwarded it to, to you and and Nina and and uh, put it up online. It was just so much fun to play a video game made by like an eight year old. It was so so neat. <laughs> that is you're cool. Just That's and you're jumping around using the keyboard, and uh, and uh, there was a little confusion I think with uh, with uh, with Nina sent her a compliment about you know these uh, crazy dynamite characters that uh, are there and I was like I think they're I think that's litter box and I was like oh yeah 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 it makes makes sense that those are litter box and you get to the very end of the game and um, Steve-O makes an appearance and oh. it's just like hey but it's so nice when you get to the end again because it's designed by a kid so it's like all these you know you've won you've won hooray you've won win 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 and you keep going and there's even more win 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 and then you jump even farther and then it's like oh you won well, i hope you have a great day and like, you know what i play a lot of video games and for the most part it ends up with um a, a thing tearing my face off and <laughs> And you no, know, so it's nice to have a video game that ends with something uh, positive and sweet. Even Animal Crossing, you know, I'm I'm horribly in debt in that. This was just a straight out win. It was great. <laughs> I love that you're horribly in debt to Animal Crossing. Well, the, that's the sort of thing with Animal Crossing. It's, I've never, I've never, you know, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a video game. I mean, I, I shouldn't say not. I do like them. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, how, like, I like a lot of things, but I've just, you know, I've had to like narrow my interests to just a few things that you know i have time for and then well, totally, yeah one day one day i'll get back to whatever yeah the the benefit to and here's the thing as speaking of nina uh she was the one who got the video game um for uh the family here uh and uh and so we've all been we've all been playing it and all have our own characters uh but because of like the lockdown there's so little getting out and about and definitely we're not going on any, um, you know, trips to cons or vacations or anything like that. Yeah. So it's just, just having a little, a little break where you go wander around an Island and do some fishing or just build something or craft something or whatever. It's, it's, it's nice. The, uh, the, the crushing debt part is part of the game though. <laughs> where you have a, a, a why don't, a why don't they forgive the debt? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, I got to find the button that asks them to do that. Animal, a, Animal Crossing is like it was developed by the Ayn Rand Corporation. May, you know what? Maybe there's you know it can be whatever you want it to be. So here's the thing, though: you don't have to pay the debt back, oh. but you can't then say okay. So you start off with a tent, and you you can easily pay that debt back for the most part, yeah. just like picking fruit around the island and selling. It's fine. Sure. And then it's like, do you want? Oh, you paid your debt back. That's great. Hey, do you want a house? You should get a house. Like, you know what? I should get a house. And then you're really in debt. Then you finally pay that off. And you're like, you know what I'd do if I were you? I'd expand that house. Get another room. <laughs> you know? 
person like you needs a nice room. Like, yeah. you know what? He's right. I should expand it. And then that's that's the way that goes. This, game, this that sounds like a very bad lesson this game is teaching people. I think it's a true lesson. <laughs> no, no, it's a true lesson, but it seems like a very bad lesson. <laughs> very it's, realistic. The one unrealistic part is that he's cool about how you pay it off. Yeah. Like whatever amount of time you want. But you are trapped on the island. So I think like if you know, the, the, the island can be considered a bit of a debtor's prison as well. You're mm -hmm. not getting off that island. Um, except to visit other islands with other people who are crushingly in debt. But I don't think you'll ever make it home. I don't think I think it's a prisoner situation to to some degree. Uh, but it is nice, uh, you know. Uh, but Pia, my wife Pia, really likes it because it's very doll housey. So she gets to you know uh, make her house, and we we have houses next to each other. We don't live together, uh, but we do have houses next to each other. Hmm. So that's quite nice. But uh, but yeah, so thanks to Nina for for the game. We've all been enjoying that. Um, but the the other uh, little bit of uh, good news was we were we uh, you you and me and uh, some other of our friends went to a uh, beach gathering. We did. Uh, we did. We had a last... drum circle. <laughs> and we invited about 700 of our closest friends. <laughs> Let's all sit together and play the drums. Yeah. Uh, those guys, I think, are just collectively known that we're talking about as the circle jerks. <laughs> um, no, we got together with a couple of our friends and okay. uh, kind of sat around and uh, did not share food except... Uh, we did share some of the Australian chocolate that we got. That's true. Uh, from Mick. Yeah, uh, so thank you again for that. And uh, the way I served it to people was I reached in with plastic-covered hands and just threw it as hard as I could uh, at people. And then they uh, tried to catch it, and it worked out okay. Yes. But, Using um, the bubble wrap that uh, was was originally protecting Mick's uh, framed uh, picture that he sent us. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so the bubble wrap, was I was using it as a mitt to yes. chuck it at people. <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, it was, it was wonderful to see everybody, you know, uh, and it was kind of the first big outing of, uh, you know, going, going out since things, you know, turned all, uh, poison. Um, and then about six days later, my sister-in-law, uh, started to feel ill yeah. and, uh, had a fever of, uh, I think it was like 102. So I was like, oh boy, it was like the perfect window for, that's when that would have happened, right? <laughs> it's like six days later. Yeah, that's when that would have happened. Uh, so she went to uh, she went to get a test, um, which luckily you can do in in our city, and and uh, and so it's been like three days basically of uh, waiting, mm -hmm. and then and and so me and Pia, like I normally would go out to you know run errands or I'd, I'd go for like a swim or I do other things, but it's just been a lockdown, a specific lockdown of three days while waiting for this test result. Yeah. Just in case it would do have something. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turned out, no, everything was fine this morning. So yeah, we gave, good. Go ahead. but it, but it still is like this annoying. So yes, hooray for all that. And that's good. Yeah. Uh, but it was a real pain in the ass uh, for a couple of days of like, doing nothing and just being like we had stuff to do and it was just like nope nope you just stay home and do and do and do nothing <laughs> and and can't and, and just can't get anything done and it's just it was just really really frustrating and hard and i should be like going i'm just so happy that everything but i'm uh, i'm mad 
<laughs> and not in any way mad at my sister-in-law that she did absolutely the right thing. And like, you know, it, you could have done the jerk, the jerk thing of just going, it's nothing. I'm going to wait it out. But, you know, if you do do that, then you endanger the people around us because if you've got it, you've got you should let them know as soon as possible, because the earlier you, 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 you deal with this the safer you are. Um, so that she did absolutely the right thing. Uh, but yeah, it was just really, really frustrating just being like, Oh, it's, just, and that's just what this year has felt like. It's like, okay, now we're going to get stuff done. Here we go. And no <laughs> trip fall in mud. Yeah. Stuck in mud. Here we go. Well, so the lucky yeah. thing, the nice thing about it is that, that our beach visit did not, bite us in the ass that's the nice part of it it's very nice to to know that yes, that would have really stank if we all got together and it was such a happy occasion then then some of us got sick from it and then blah. also because yeah uh people in our party uh we're all are also there's people who are at risk and there's people who live with people who are at risk mm-hmm. and even like in our family there's risk so you know that's the other thing too is like thinking oh you've you made one it's that feeling of like you make one mistake and now Oh boy, there's like legitimate danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, you know, um, uh, Patrick Maliha, right? The yes, comedian, I do. yes, I do. Uh, who is also uh, was a writer for Mystery Science Theater. I don't say that's like in past tense. He's with us still. He's good. Um, <laughs> but he he came down with. He's one of the few people I know who actually did come down with COVID. Yes, and um, he was writing, to, and he got technically over it. A couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but he was writing today about uh, his frustrations in that you don't really get over it. Mm. So, like, he's still at the point where, like, he can't get a full breath and uh, he's got a brain fog that uh, comes and goes. And there's all these other, like, little small s- symptoms. And the more he kind of looks it up, the more it's like, oh, yeah, a lot of people have this. This is this is what you get. And there's kind of a feeling of if you get this and then you're over it. And that's it. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, there's, there's lingering things. So yeah, yeah. it's like when you see people like the drum circle or, <laughs> you know, I mean, less, it's weird with the drum circle because there are elements of it. Like outdoors is safer. There's all, uh, but you know, when you see something like the assholes who are like in the street, uh, going hugs over masks and they're all <laughs> gathering together and hugging each other and, yeah. and going, yeah, hey, what's the big deal? Yeah. It's like, it's, big freaking deal it's a big deal and it's not a oh you get it and it's like just oh there's just this percentage of people die first of all that's a thing that's huge but then yeah but there's also uh, you know bad things that follow if you do get it and uh, and that's what patrick was talking about today i'm like yeah people don't seem to be talking enough i think about that of like don't get it for this reason too, mm. uh, you know, you don't, uh, you don't, I think there's this mindset that, oh, well then you get over it and then you got all the antibodies and now you're fine and yeah, everything's good. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I was someone, one of the guys at work was asking the other day, he's like, does anyone know anyone who's been sick? Like, he's just kind of, so I don't know anybody. And a few people were like that. And I said, well, actually I know three people. So yeah, it just depends, I guess what, it's also if you know anyone who's in a nursing home, you know, if you know yeah, someone. Who I don't know. it. Well, no one, I mean, no one where Mary works has been sick with it. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I had a friend whose mom was in one of the first places that was hit mm. the hardest. So yeah, yeah. 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 If you know, if, if your if your mom's in a nursing home, then you know so many people who have had it and you probably know a couple of people who have passed from it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
specifically. And, and it's, a, it's a weird thing, too, that you get that mindset that people have. And just like, yeah, but that's a, a nursing home. So, you know, what they were going anyway. I mean, that's there's really that feeling of, from some people that's just like, what are you going to do? It's old people. They die. And it's just like, what the shit? Hmm. Like, it's weird when you see someone kind of for who they are and see, like, that you your empathy is just not a, okay. Mm, all right, <laughs> fine. Holy moly. Yeah, it's uh, curious for sure. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting that Patrick was saying that because the other two people I know are fine. Like they're fi they say they're fine. They have not, they're not mm. suffering from any after effects. So, it, you know, typical, typical of how you, people are struck by any kind of viral infection, you know, it's just how it reacts differently with different people and different strains. It already has different strains. So it depends what strain you get, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It's mutating Tom, away. Tom Hanks seems fine. I hope he's fine. It seems okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then he's Tom Hanks. You know, he's very, very strong. And, <laughs> Is he? Yeah. He became a kid. He became an adult when he was a kid once and huh. snapped back to it. And I think that uh, strengthens your immune system. It does? He was a mermaid once. I think that he was helps. was that a mermaid? Yes, he was. He dated a mermaid, right? Dave, have you seen the movie? I thought I did a long time okay. ago. How do you remember the movie ending? I don't know. The curtains came up and I left the theater. Mm, that is true. A little before then. I don't, I don't remember, actually. I really don't remember how it ended. I did see it. Little, all right, I'm going to give you... A, hey, guys, I'm giving a little splash. Um, yeah, give a 40-year-old spoiler here. Uh, he becomes a mermaid at the end, and uh, they go off to Atlantis together, basically. What? Really? Yeah, they jump into the water. How does he become uh, but, a mermaid? But, but he's going to be a mermaid forever. That's the thing. Are mermaids magical be beings? Uh, is, that, is, that how, is that what the movie establishes? That they're not... They're not like actual like animals. They're they're magical beings like a fairy. Uh, I don't think they ever said magic. I don't think magic okay. ever entered into it. I, but there was a thing where like you what? only get to go on land every so many years. Oh, okay. So like this was her time to go on land. I and see. if he goes back, he, she can make him a mermaid man, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, and uh, and it's nice because the villain in the piece, who's Eugene Levy, actually turns and like, yeah. helps them. And it's uh, it's very nice. The, but, yeah, proper, the proper terms are mermaid and mer-butler. Oh, very good. Okay. How do you dust? <laughs> it's so <laughs> strange. But I, didn't, yeah. I, don't, I didn't create the taxonomy. So yeah, Tom Hanks does turn into a uh, mermaid at the I, end. Okay, well, uh, which well, is how he survived. Yes, and cast obviously away, better. Why? Well, yeah, see that's that's part of the movie they don't show that. you. But yeah, yeah, no, that all makes sense now, and also explains a lot of things that happen in uh, the Da Vinci Code. Oh, for sure, mm -hmm. for sure, and a lot of the things that uh, happen in the Da Vinci Code, which yeah. people don't know, is set up in Bachelor Party. <laughs> the first movie I ever reviewed. Oh, where did you review it for? Uh, CITR, the, the uh, university radio station. So was it in theaters or were mm -hmm. you reviewing it on video? Oh, okay. No, in, th in theaters, yeah. I got a free pass to go see it. So okay. I it. And uh, I think I gave it kind of a so-so review. I didn't think much of that movie. Did you like Tom Hanks at that point? I liked, you... I liked Bosom Buddies a lot. Okay. But uh, I had no, you know, I wasn't I wasn't any sort of Tom Hanks corner or anything. I wasn't a member of a fan club. I thought it was okay. What was his big breakout movie that like happened and then people went, hey, Bachelor Party. You got to watch Bachelor Party. <laughs> must have been big. Was it big? Like it feels like big as... Or uh... Splash maybe. Yeah, which came, I think which it came was first? Splash. Whatever it became first, Splash or Big would have been like the... Because I don't think like the Burbs or whatever that one's called or... That, yeah. Those wouldn't have been that popular. Yeah, Splash was his first one and then it uh, then went to Bachelor Party. People sort of knew him a little bit but as I the... Think... Uh... 
Oh, the I... drunk uh, uncle in uh, Family Ties. Well, they knew him from Bosom Buddies. But then it was like he had his dramatic turn where he was the uncle that was such an alcoholic mm. that Alec walked in on him drinking vanilla. And that got a bit of a laugh. And then he was like, yeah, you don't know me. And did a big uh, <laughs> dramatic turn and uh, was like going to hit Alex. And I'm like, oh, wow. Can't do that. Wow. Even though he should. He should. <laughs> He's a bit of a jerk. Yeah, you should, you should beat him every day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, now, uh, in my mind, I feel like Bachelor Party came out before Splash, but maybe it was made before Splash. Well, Splash and Bachelor Party are 84. Mm. I feel like one came out before the other. and I Oh, he also was in that very controversial movie from 1982. Oh. Uh, that was the one about um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That's and the, right. Uh, but that was a t- made-for-TV movie. That's right. And it was about the evils of Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. Called mazes and monsters. Yeah, I remember watching that at the time. That's right. Yeah, because I I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I was like, oh, a movie about Dungeons. And- this isn't how it. Oh well, should have been more realistic. Just people fighting while eating uh, Doritos. This is reminding me now uh, our frequent uh, uh, writer and who someone who did do some lovely uh, Shakespeare bear jokes uh, this week, <laughs> uh, Louise. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I came up with a Dungeons and Dragons show. Many, 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 many decades ago okay. that we never ended up doing. Ah. And uh, and so it was like, you got your Dungeons and Dragons, Mazes and Monsters, and ours was Wizards and uh, Lizards, which I always thought was a good name. <laughs> to the point where I, I'm actually doing a Dungeons and Dragons show now. Yeah. Uh, and I, w- I wish it was called Wizards and Lizards. Yeah. Somehow I think the Critical Hit Show is cooler. and Much cooler. And kind of kind of and kind of helps the audience, you know, kind of kind of like love themselves a little bit, you know? But okay. but wizards and lizards, you just can't you can't go to a show called Wizards and Lizards and like <laughs> and really enjoy who you are as a Dungeons and Dragons player. I don't think. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But I think it's a great name. You're right. Uh, well, we'll figure something out with that. Then. Yeah, you, you get get to work on that. Yeah, I'm now just looking up Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> okay, because he's done only a few. Oh my gosh, that guy! He's done, he's done so many that he's done three with Meg Ryan. That's how many movies he's done. Okay, let me think of them. Sleepless in Seattle must be one. Okay. Uh, you've got mail. Yes, sir. Second. Mm-hmm. The third one is. Oh, I have no idea what that would be. She plays multiple parts in it. Oh, of course, Joe versus the volcano. She is really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Patrick, whatever his name was. Okay, name two films that he's in with Sally Field. Uh, well, Forrest Gump and then Punchline. There you go. One, he's his love interest, sort of almost. Yeah. Uh, and one, uh, his mum. Mm-hmm. And that's how Hollywood goes. Well, one day you're the love interest, and yeah. the other, you're the mum. Yeah. It happens. That makes that. sense. That makes sense. It's about 10 years between those movies. I can see how a, a star can go from being a, a lead to being a, a, being a character actress, or supporting actress. At least she's working. That's what she would say. Yeah, it's weird. I'm like I'm looking and seeing like he actually did an episode of a TV show mm. in 1992, uh, an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, that's weird. In the middle of like still being Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, but it was after Bonfire of the Vanities. So oh. It and Joe versus the volcano. So this could have looked like things were done. There was a brief yeah, period yeah. of time where it looked like mm, he's about done. I really uh, like Joe versus the volcano. I can understand why people don't like it, but I think it's a really really good movie. Yeah, good Abe Vigoda in in that one. Yeah, it's just a this is a weird this is a weird movie, but I really like it. Like I like, uh, then he came like the misery back, of the beginning. Uh with a character called Jimmy Dugan. What movie was that where he played Jimmy Dugan? Dave? A League of Their Own? 
That's correct. How yeah. about uh, how about immediately afterwards he played Sam Baldwin? <laughs> what was uh, what was that big hit movie? Sam Baldwin, oh, right? Yeah, Castaway. It was Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, I already named that one. I didn't think I should have to name a movie twice. So, and in the same year, Uh-oh. he did uh, Fallen Angels. Don't know who that and, is. Uh, and then uh, Philadelphia. So you yeah. know he's fine. Yeah, he's fine yeah. at that point. He's then we're back, back on top. Back on top. Yeah, we're fine. Everything's everything's good. Then there's another horror TV show. That's weird. <laughs> he did Vault of Horror. It, it must have been for a friend. He must have had a friend involved in this thing. Could be. Could be. Then we maybe got the person who cast cast him in Dungeons and, and Dragons. Maybe. And then it's uh, from that point on, it's all either uh, uh, World War Two or astronaut, and nothing else. That's it. World War Two astronaut. World War Two astronaut. Astronaut. World War Two. World War Two astronaut. Or church and, historian. Or church historian. World War Two astronaut. Um, uh, <laughs> doll. 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 World War Two astronaut. Do you say uh, doll? He's a doll, or it's yeah, a, the movie's doll. Toy Story. Toy Story. Oh, oh, yeah. Where he's friends with an astronaut. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and he's a he's a cowboy that I believe fought in World War Two. <laughs> really? I, I think, think that's what's stretched. Out. I, maybe I would believe Civil War, but not World War Two. Mm. Well, well, you know, he was immortal. So. <laughs> there you there there you are. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this you know pretty great career. He had the misfortune to make Larry Crown later on. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he knows. <laughs> I think he directed that film. Yeah, you know, it's nice to it's nice to know that you're not perfect and that you can make a movie that people go, yeah, we're good. I was like, oh, <laughs> good to know. Well, this felt like he was too old for the role he was playing in it. Like I didn't, and I think because he he insisted on dyeing his hair, so it made him look older than he is. Mm, that can be a mistake. Yep, especially if you dye it black. It's nice it seeing um, uh, talk show hosts now and seeing like ah. Oh, that's what it really is. This is this is interesting. And then they interview people, and you go, Ah, that's what that really is. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, you see, like something like a uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, yeah. You can see his hair getting very long and very white. <laughs> uh, you can see like a Seth Meyers. Like, he's not going gray. Yeah. But he's he's really bunching it up at the back right now. Okay. He's got, uh, the big ducktail in the back. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's just fun fun watching uh, people have uh, hair problems that. Uh, <laughs> Us regulars have. Yeah, yeah. It makes it seem more grounded. I like it. I I got my hair cut, but... That's okay. You're not hosting right. a TV show. I, I'm not. I'm not a... Also, you're, a you're, already, you're out there in the uh, public anyway. You're essential. I am an essential server. That's it's true. Important. It's important. You should just wear a shirt that just says essential. <laughs> People will like, think I'm an oil. Yeah. And I wear a shirt that says optional. <laughs> that's true. And then underneath in brackets, and barely that. <laughs> you have a book coming out. I, I do. It's a not book essential. beloved by children. Sure, they're making video games out of it. Yes, that is yeah. essential, sir. This is a weird thing, because Comic-Con is going on right now. It and, can't be. Uh, it can't be going on right now. Is it actually on? Oh, okay. It's Here's what's happening. Okay. Comic-Con is going on online. They've set uh, up uh, an online version of it. Uh, uh, and if this was traditional comic-con yeah they probably uh nina and i and if somehow we could afford it we'd bring you too mm-hmm. we'd be at a scholastic uh uh kind of uh thing right now uh having a little party and having some snacks and probably they'd be named after uh sparks uh <laughs> things in some way uh cool. and uh and then be with the other uh, uh authors and uh them promoting the book and yeah that's what we'd be doing but we ain't 
so we're so we're here, and uh, I'm promoting things on uh, on on online. But yeah, they're doing. You know, a lot of people are doing big pushes for their uh, books right now. Um, I'd be doing something probably with Image for Exorcisters yeah. uh, to promote the trade coming out. Uh, this this is awful, isn't it? Yeah, it's a stinkeroo uh, year for this. Not, I mean, there's never a good year uh, for <laughs> the pandemic. But it would have been very nice <laughs> for uh, this book to be there. But here's the thing. Um, ideally, we've got a third one coming. Wink, yeah. wink. Uh, everyone, hush. Don't t- don't tell anyone uh, that. But wink, wink. Uh, but hopefully, by the time that comes around that year. I would hope that we could all go to San Diego together. That would be very, very nice. I'm going to pay my own way. Well, there you uh, You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, there's other ways, wink, wink, um, <laughs> that things can happen. Well, I could rob a uh, bank, I guess. But but I just want you to, you know, be able to stand around that nice little uh, pool on this roof that they have their get-together at and, and uh, have free snacks. It's just great. It's great to have free snacks. You're right. And just get a nice book, uh, a bag full of scholastic books that you can, like, you know, uh, see what everyone else is doing, and yours is in there, and you just feel like part of the team. It's just really, it's, it's nice. It's a nice feeling. Cool. Like last time I did it, um, I wish Nina could have been there for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, as it was, uh, R.L. Stein was there, mm. and he's real. You think like <laughs> that's the kind of guy, like? Yeah, no, know, I've always thought he was a meetup. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course you think he's Betty Crocker. Yeah. You think yeah. Betty, you know, he's Betty Crocker. He's just like a make him up. He's Betty but Crocker like, of YA horror. But he's one, he's real. Yeah. And he couldn't be more RL Steiny. You know, he's just he's he's RL Stein. Like no 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 shit. Wait, so he looks he, like Jack Black? Uh no because oh. that's too active. Like oh. I don't buy that that's a right. <laughs> I don't see Jack Black sitting yeah, yeah. behind a, a typewriter going this is a guy who's just yeah, yeah. oh boy, let's get it done. That's, <laughs> you're that's right. how you're yeah. right. That you're right. Jack Black is not an author at all. He is way too way too active. This is one thing, like if you if you looked around uh, you know, that rooftop that I was at and you went like Okay, I'm going to show you these books, yeah. and you tell me who the author is. Okay. Number number one, I pull out an R.L. Stein book. And yeah. Go, who is it? Immediately, him. <laughs> yep, that's R.L. Stein. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know it, Jack. I don't know if I look like I'm the guy that writes Sparks, but then also most of the people that write their the other books, it's like, well, that's clearly the person who writes that. Yes, of course, and that's an author and the artist of that, of course. Yeah. Yes. That all makes sense. Your pointy cat ears give you away. But now you have me imagining that R.L. Stein uh, looks like a Gain Wilson drawing. Sure. Yes. Oh, he does? Okay. Have you ever seen a picture of R.L. Stein? I have not. No, he's fine. And look, look he's, a, he's a nice he's a nice. I'm sure uh, he looking is. guy. Oh, he's nice but looking he, he looks like a guy who writes kids' uh, scary books, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, if he opened a book, if he, sorry, if he opened a door and just said, hello, uh, you'd be like, Jesus! You'd be, you know, I won't have one in that house, you know, uh, but yeah, he, he definitely looks like an author and he was, he was very kind and very friendly. And, uh, I forget what the, what the book was he was promoting, but it involved macaroni and cheese. Oh. And so, uh, we had some uh, macaroni and cheese that was goosebumps, macaroni and cheese, and it was very nice. And I appreciated it. And I went like, I want to have a food named after my book that people <laughs> eat. And I don't know what that would be like because of because of I think Steve-O and his love of food. Anything you know, it's it, he'd be wanting something peanutty, but then you probably couldn't because of peanut allergies. Yeah, yeah. 
You have to figure some other uh, angle angle on it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll put out a cookbook at some point when we completely run out of ideas. <laughs> what uh, what what was the book called? Sorry, it was Macaroni and Cheese. That was the title of it. Oh, it was not called Macaroni and Cheese, oh, okay. but it was even involved uh, Slappy the uh, ventriloquist. Oh dummy. yeah, he is in the uh, second Goosebumps movie. Is he not in the first Goosebumps movie? I don't. I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. I think he's in the second. Wow, they, they, they held off on him until the, the the last one, huh? All right, very good. I'm pretty sure. I don't. He's, he's kind of a big star. Yeah, he's, he was a good character. Okay. I liked him in that. Uh, let, let me ask you this, because uh, I don't know much about Slappy. Um, does Slappy, uh, is he just like a, like a mean guy, or does he try to kill you? He tries to kill you. He tries to kill you? Yeah. Does he succeed in killing anybody? I don't think so because the movie is rated for PG for not being too scary. And I think okay. if you killed someone, then it would take it into a higher. They, okay. w- they still want kids to be able to see it, right? So they have to keep the the killing to a minimum. Is he trying? Okay, so- I believe that he is a gangster who has inhabited the body of a of a ventrilo- ventriloquist dummy. So was he trying to avoid the death penalty, and so? Uh, went into the body of uh, It could have been that. I can't remember that that part of it. I don't know if they even explained that part of it. Basically, they the characters go to a house to help someone move some stuff, and they and they and they find a trunk, and the trunk kind of mysteriously appears. Like at first, it isn't there, and then it is, which should be like a clue that you shouldn't mess with it. But they do, and then they find this dummy. And at first, the dummy's great. Like it helps them out. It's funny. It's you know. But then it starts to turn, and then it becomes like controlling. No, wait a second. And... Are they fine with that? It's a that it's a, a, a talking dummy, and well, they for, don't have any issues. First, it's it? freaky, of course, and they're they're scared of it. But then they kind of he he's like charming, and he kind of wins them over, and they're like, oh, okay, well, okay, yeah, he's a talking ventriloquist dummy, but he's a great guy. All right, he's helped us out with some problems and he does some great stuff. So, and he's also magical. So he can do some magical things too. And that also helps us out. So, uh, you know, cause I think the boy is trying to invent some sort of invent some sort of like a uh, machine or, or engine or something for his science fair and, and slappy like fixes, makes, makes it work at, during the night or whatever. So when the boy get, wakes up, suddenly it's working and he can like go to the science fair. So like, he seems like he's a handy, helpful fellow. Okay. But then he has an ulterior motive, which is, Murder. No, he's trying to do something. I can't remember. He's trying to like open a portal or something. You know how portal movies? Every movie. Yeah, they're all they're all portally. Uh, yeah. Here's what I got for. Uh, here's what I got on Slappy here. Sure. Is that? Uh, and again, these are some Slappy spoilers here, everybody. Yeah. Um. So he's uh he's okay. So he is a ventriloquist dummy with a Napoleon complex. Okay. According to uh you know in the thing he comes alive. He's when pretty you say, short. Yeah. Uh, when he's basically you say Karu uh, Marie Odana Loma Molana, I should probably say the last word just in case it happens. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's the last what word? Happened? What's the last word? Uh, uh, sure, probably shouldn't say any, all the words. <laughs> anyway, so there's no slap. Do you have a ventriloquist dummy in your house? Probably. Oh, okay. That sounds well, like then, the kind of thing I'd have. Then right? don't don't say that last word. What was that last word again? Anyway, uh, so after he comes to life, he, he tries to make the person who brought him back to life serve him as a slave, mm. uh, and then he will frame that person for the things that he does. Yeah, yeah, seems right. Yeah. Seems right. I might be misremembering, but he's like a gangster. He like he has like a like a gangster suit and a hat, and does he have he, the yeah shade? Yeah, he kind of talks like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good here. I'm slappy. Yeah. Well, that's very similar. Then I'm sorry to um, uh, Scarface, the uh, 
the dummy from Batman. I, I have a problem with that. That's a the ventriloquist is a Batman villain. He's got a, a dummy called Star, Scarface who does talk like that, but then the ventriloquist uh, can't do letter Bs and stuff. So you know, he's got a bit of a speech impediment. <laughs> that's very realistic. I like that. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good touch. So uh, okay, so so here's the books that Slappy's been in: Night of the Living Dummy, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dummy Two, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dummy Three. Now we're getting into Bride of the Living Dummy. This okay. is feeling very Chucky to me. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Then we're into Slappy's Nightmare. Oh. Okay. Why is it Slappy's Nightmare, you ask? Because he starts out being the disobedient puppet of, uh, of Jimmy O. James. Uh, but then he's fed up with Slappy. Uh, and then he uh, uh, c- gets controlled. So now he's cursed to do three good deeds in one week. Oh, boy. Uh, but uh, here's a twist. Turns out it was just a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Kudos, kudos to the title. Yeah. Uh, then we go into Revenge of the Living Dummy. Okay. Uh, then we're into the Streets of Panic Park. Wow. Uh, then, then Slappy New Year. <laughs> and then we're into uh, Son of Slappy. Wow. So it looks like Slappy uh, had some sex in between. <laughs> uh, on New Year's, probably. <laughs> I guess. So, uh, you know, Slappy got a little action. Slappy got a little slappy. Wow, that's and, nice. But then there's also Goosebumps Slappy World Series, okay. where he's the narrator. Yeah. So I guess that's like uh, Freddy Krueger with Freddy's Nightmares, and he uh, tells the story uh, as well, and once every so often appears in it, I, I assume. Mm. But yeah, I don't know what his deal is if he's a... Is that all the books they listed? Uh, that is all the Slappy Because they forgot the last one that came with them. Oh, the uh, the one with the, uh, the the thing. Yeah, slapless in Seattle. Oh my God, that's uh, terrible. <laughs> well, that's that's absolutely <laughs> awful. I am so sorry that. Uh, yeah, I'm really really sorry that that happened <sighs> to occur. Holy shit! There's a lot of books. Oh my God! Oh yes. my God! This is why we everyone thought that it wasn't a real person because yeah, it, fe- it seems impossible that someone could write. Goosebumps, and then there's also the the other ones that he did that were like more grown up, like for the uh, older yes. YA readers. And I can't yeah. uh, tales of something I can't remember they're called actually. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. He wrote. <laughs> those are for the. Those are for. I'm even, sorry, I was thinking yeah. of Fifty Shades of Slappy. Yeah, it was. I get those two confused. <laughs> yep. Oh, I made myself sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't go totally in in on your joke because you you killed mine so badly. So. I, I I understand. It's murder. Listen, anyone uh, anyone out there, and by anyone, probably Nina. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's the deal with Slappy? Do, has he killed anyone? Yeah. Uh. Did he kill someone as a gangster? Uh. What's the, what's what's up with that? Because I really have I have not uh, read a Goosebumps, and I have not um, seen the Goosebumps movies. No, I've you know, not, I've not read them either. Both? What's that, sorry? Have you seen both Goosebumps movies? Yes, I have. Yeah, they have Jack oh. Black in them, so they're they're worth watching. All right. And yeah, is like the situation with that that he like I don't know the plot. He plays like, he plays R.L. Stein. Right, I do know that. So let me assume. Okay, okay. let me ask this. Yep. So is the deal that he is an author, mm-hmm. but he doesn't realize he is writing things that are true, and then uh, somehow those things escape from another land? Or all right, what's the what's the plot? That would be my guess. I don't think it works that way. You know what? I saw these movies. Not that long ago, but they're they're such mind fluff that I, I barely remember them now. I just remember like the funny things in the movies, like where um, there's one scene where he's like he's like threatening this this teenage boy, and he's like, "Don't 
do da 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 or I'll you know or I'll throw this at you or something like that and then you're all you know or I'll I'll hurt you and then he throws this whatever and then it like goes off ten feet into the corner of the room. And the boy's like, not with an arm like that. Just something like that. That's all I remember from that whole okay. movie. But just because it's such a weird thing to put in a movie and I always like I always appreciate like the weird moment in a film where they're just kinda like, I just put it in there and it's fine. Uh oh, by the that way, movie, uh, oops, sorry. I was just gonna say uh, Slappy is in the book. Uh, sorry, not in the book. Uh, in in the first Goosebumps movie, he is. And the voice is provided by Jack Black as well. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, he is and in the R. first L. one. Yes, he is. And R.L. Stein makes a, an appearance in there as Mister Black. Uh, uh, that's the funny. Drama teacher at the school. Oh, that's funny, man. I don't. I didn't even realize Slappy was there. Yep. That is so strange because then he's like he has a major part in the next one where he's like he's like orchestrating this like opening some sort of portal thingy that's bringing ghosts into into our world and and they're like inhabiting uh, Halloween masks mm-hmm. and so then like they become like Frankenstein masks and stuff like that and that sounds like the and, plot of Halloween uh, three yeah yeah and sort of awakening like Halloween decorations and stuff like that start coming alive like this neighbor of the kids has this like 50 foot spider he's insisted on inflate he's played by um that um actor who was in like the hangover and uh had a part in um in community and and uh... yeah oh by the way okay so here's the thing slappy maybe this will refresh your memory yeah uh slappy uh they they find slappy yeah and as revenge for being locked up for years he uh burns his book and 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 flees with all the other uh uh characters does that does that remind you of anything in that? Uh, that's the movie? final part of the. That's like the last no, scene of the movie. That's no, that's uh, quite early on. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't ring a bell. I'm sorry. I don't remember that in the first film at all. At all, that is yep. weird. Yep. Huh. It would be weird to but not I, have Slappy in the first movie. I did. I that's did a, see that movie. A, yeah. No, I'm gonna look it up. I know okay, you're looking it up. Do. I appreciate that you will, and uh, and uh, I see that Kumail Nanjiani is also in this movie. Which one? And, Which uh, one? In uh, Goosebumps. The first one. Yes. Hmm. Yes, he is. Did I see this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Did I actually see it? Because nothing's familiar here. Like, I remember, like... (sighs) Wait a second. Are we going to have to do this movie for fans? Yeah. It really kind of feels like we might have to. Mm, Well, let's not make promises that we have to keep. All right. All right. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm probably going to go deep down this slappy hole later on and uh, try and uh, figure out how this all, uh, how this all uh, comes together. Because <laughs> he feels to me like when I see a character like that, that he seems kind of horrifying. Uh, but oh. like he's in so many books that I would assume he becomes kind of an anti-hero by the end. Because you know it's very tough to keep someone like that malicious. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, um, me, I, I, that yes, uh, I guess. Uh, Slappy does appear in it, but I don't think he has much to do in it. Um, oh man, I don't. That's so weird. Apparently, Slappy uh, releases the Blob as well in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I'll have to watch it again, I suppose, as a punishment because I couldn't remember a single thing about it. I remember mm. him in the second one. I remember Slappy quite vividly in the second one. I yeah, don't remember need... him in the first one. Like, apparently, he's a forgettable character in the first film. Maybe we need to watch Goosebumps. But it, okay. it, it is fun. It is fun that that uh, Black does the voice for Slappy, though. And, and th- now that you say that, it does it does sound right. Because actually, um, 
like as the character R.L. Stein, he he has a big part to play in the first film, but in the second film, he's basically basically like like somewhere else, and then he's like racing to get there, and then he arrives there for the end of the film, basically. Like he's not he's not there for any like the action or does very much at all, as I remember. Okay. Uh, while you've got your computer open, look up R.L. Stein and see what he looks like. I did. I did see him in the. He was in the cast images for the. Okay, there the you movie. go. All and, right. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I can see what you mean. Yeah, with his uh, pen name. Uh, one of his pen names was Jovial Bob Stein. Well, that's nice. <laughs> he must have liked. Um, he must have liked Marvel comics, like you know. I guess so. Oh, he also wrote some uh, dozens of joke books. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah, nice. Jeez, he must not I like, like it. He must like he must not like to move. Besides, he did uh, besides uh, his fingers. Goosebumps, yeah. Rotten School, Mostly Ghostly, Fear Street, uh, the Nightmare Room series. These okay. are all series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of books. Yeah, I know. Uh, Space Cadets trilogy. Wow. Wow. He likes he likes working. Just, Good for him. Just puts him out there. Fear Street was Fear Street was a book that Mary Mary read after her after her Goosebumps phase. She then moved on to Fear Street for a while. And he also wrote some. Uh, yeah, he also wrote some GI Joe. Mm. That's weird, but I guess it's not. It's just he wrote Siege of uh, Serpentor. Sure, why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> you don't just write one thing. If yeah. you look at uh, oh, ha 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 ha. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I noticed he also wrote for Dynamite magazine. What? Oh, that's great. What was Dynamite? Like a kids magazine? Yeah, oh. it was a kids magazine that I used to uh, basically get every damn issue of. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Oh my gosh. You might, uh, you, yeah, if you saw it, you might remember it. It was very yeah. similar. Marvel tried to do a similar magazine called Pizzazz, mm. you know, but uh, Dynamite was the real thing. You know? that, <laughs> was, was the, that was the one. Give me the real Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, though it was, even though it was like a, a kid's magazine, it'd be think, you know, so you'd have like a $6 million man on the cover and be like, oh boy, yeah, here yeah, we yeah. go. Now we're talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at these. I think I had every one of these damn ones. Uh, they had a good one on Bruce Lee. Uh, they, they featured uh, 1975, The Invisible Man, TV's most out of sight character. <laughs> he, he vanished, right? Do you remember the Invisible Man TV series? I do. Nope. I do because I had to sneak out of my bedroom to watch it. Oh, is that correct? Yes. Okay. It was uh, Dave, um, David McCallum, I believe, who was uh, on I, yep. uh, I, A Man from Uncle with Robert That's Vaughn. That's correct. He was yeah. the Invisible Man. Yeah, it wasn't right, on yeah, for very I, long, though, as I remember it. Not at all, no. But I, I, the, but I couldn't always go to see it because I, ha- it would have to be my parents would either have to be out that night because um, I couldn't sneak in to watch it if they were actually watching TV. So yeah, it was thirteen episodes of that Invisible mm. series, but like uh, they kept going back to uh, doing cover stories about Mash. <laughs> so. You know that, but you it's know, sold. Like, Mash sold. Like, then yeah, and like uh, like the first issue was Mash. Yeah. So I was like, mm, that's an interesting choice for a a magazine for you. Yeah. But I guess maybe. And so the second issue. All right, now we're really getting hip. Yeah. And it's a cover story is uh, about the Waltons. Wow. Yeah. So the cool Waltons. Never. There you n- go. Never watched it. Uh, third issue. Uh, Mad magazine. So what? it's a magazine talking about another magazine. <laughs> well, that's a pretty, uh, it was, you know, it's a big, big deal in those days. Right. Now we're getting to, I'm just going to keep going through these. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you do that. Uh, number four uh, was The Love Bug Returns. And it was, yep. uh, the cover said, Herbie Tells All. 
So basically, if you have sex in Herbie, he will spill the beans. <laughs> he will. He will spill the beans. Yeah. Huh. Uh, number number five was his uh, tail. His t- his uh, tongue is always Volkswagen. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Ooh. That'd be interesting if Herbie talked. Yeah. And like you know, you finally had like a thing where like you know Herbie can talk. Oh, that's great. Let's let's hear Herbie. Herbie, how are you? Well, I'm doing very well today. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, would he have a German accent? Of course he would. It's a Volkswagen. That would be so. That'd be so horrible. I just horrible. want you to fight true love. True love. Oh, just get in my back seat and go at it. Go at it, good. <laughs> I will uh, tell everyone I see. <laughs> okay, maybe Kirby shouldn't talk. We have ways of making me talk. I know that's the I know the bit. Uh, uh, I'm just going to burn through the rest. Right. Uh, then they did one on Born Free, okay. basically. Which look, I had to go to. Uh, I'm saying I'm, I'm burning through it, but I have to stop and go. Every Saturday, <laughs> yes. I had to go to a movie with my sister, okay. and it was always a Born Free knockoff movie. Oh. Ended with someone throwing a rock at an animal, going, get out of here! I can't, you can't live with me! I can't go! Yeah, that. Um, and it was, uh, would you cry? Or, your sister would be crying, obviously, but would you, would you I cry? Would, I would just be eating popcorn. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care. It's just nice to be at a movie. I'm like, mm, oh, I was bored. It was either, either going to be like throwing rocks at an animal to like let it be free. Yeah. So many born free knockoffs. Uh-huh. Or it would be uh, the horse movie of just like it was a horse that no one thought could be anything like <laughs> that horse needs to be put down no he's a good horse no he needs to be put down i'm putting him down tomorrow run away horse run away and it's like and then the horse goes and saves the life of the queen or some shit <laughs> and that's fine then runs in the kentucky derby or some crap and it's fine how come i didn't see these movies it's still time no, okay. It was the cheapest movies possible, and it was a theater that had like matinees for kids. Like, like I remember one, one, uh, one time it was like they're showing Pinocchio. I'm like, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, Pinocchio. And then we went, and it was the European version. <laughs> so, like, you know, Pinocchio. Are you Ger- still there? Yeah. Jiminy Cricket Pinoc- dead, in, dead in the first act. Yeah, dead in the first act. Like steps on Jiminy Cricket, <laughs> and like Pinocchio gets boiled. You know, oh boy, just crazy. Um, yeah, then we're like uh, Snoopy. Uh, nice. Then it's every kid's favorite uh, TV show, All in the Family. <laughs> the kids love it. Yeah, all your favorite racial slurs. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man, and uh, then John Denver. Hmm. Uh, then we're uh, Jimmy Walker and Land of the Lost, and then he goes on from there. Share, that was a big one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then they had the 50s party issue. Uh, before we're getting to Space 1999. Huh, they covered it all. Someone, all kids love Space 1999. Someone at work uh, watched MASH for the first time uh, the other day, little while ago. He was talking to me about it. TV show or the movie? TV show. Okay. And uh, I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or someplace like that, and he was watching it anyway. Wayne Rogers or... Uh, I think he started the first season. Okay, a little darker. Yeah, okay. a little different than the later ones. And he said, that is a weird show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because you know he's he's you know much younger than me. He's twenty years younger than me, so he didn't grow up watching the, the show. So he just found it strange. He's like, it's so weird because all these people want to cheat on their wives. Yeah, and it's so it, it, it it's okay. The nurses are okay with it. Like it's. I said, yeah, it was less prudish time. I guess. Yeah, was, yeah was... everyone is everyone is like having sex with all the nurses. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. 
And then, uh, except for some reason, it's bad that uh, Frank is cheating on his wife with uh, Hot Lips. Yeah. Like, that's bad. Yeah. Why? Like, so are you with everybody and your coworkers. <laughs> like, completely yeah. spreading social disease. There's no way you're getting a condom. Like, so everyone's got the clap. No, no they, why wouldn't they have a condom? Why wouldn't they have a condom? Yeah. Where are they getting it from? Well, they're in the military. The soldiers are going to have condoms because the army knows they're going to be trying to make it with all the with all the local ladies. So I, don't I, I imagine know, there'd be a super abundance of condoms. I, you know what? It seems like they're always low on every one of their supplies. I have a hard <laughs> time believing they're going to have a box of rubbers there. And it seems like Hawkeye's right. a jerk who would go like, mm, just joke around it and and not. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like uh, Trapper's named after a rape joke. Ugh, uh, that piece of crap. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. And then there's just the one uh, nurse who's you know kind of heavy set, and it's like no one sleeps with her until one episode where she goes, "Hey, why is no one having sex with me?" And I was like, mm, "It's a good point. They should." And that was a very special episode where she said that. <laughs> it's like, she was like, "I got a great personality and I'm fun to be around." I was like, "No, I bet you are." That's not the problem. The problem is everything else in this whole culture of like. <laughs> everything else <laughs> basically these guys who are your bosses you know uh, man that's 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 the issue it's uh, anyway so uh he he found the show odd did he keep watching it i i don't know i never i have not inquired i just thought it was i just thought that was sort of an interesting reaction because when i watched it as a kid i was like well this is what it's like this is this is life for these people i guess i mean i was just a young kid so i didn't i made no value judgments because all i it was just what I was watching, right? No, yeah. Show TV was weird. It was like you'd watch All in the Family and like, should I be as a kid watching this? Like now I think about it and like, no, nah, it was fine. <laughs> just like watching an episode where like Edith is, she's going to be raped, right? Yeah. This is the sitcom episode. Yeah. Okay. That must have been oh. a bit later in the show though. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many seasons it went on for, but like, Everything there was a lot of like stuff about miscarriages and, and you know very you know it's good to be talking about stuff and issue, showing it was stuff. An issue show. It was an it was an issue show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. But my parents, had, it's weird because yeah, my parents had no problem with me watching anything like that. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, you know, the Hulk comes on and you can't watch this because it's too violent. It's like it just seems so different than now. Yeah, I was allowed to watch the Hulk. I was not allowed to watch SWAT. Um, okay. Um, Why not watch SWAT? What was the problem? Ah, uh, gun violence. She didn't like that. Oh, like the yeah. They never really had guns in. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah, I'm not sure if guns would would kill the Hulk or not. Yeah, it's just like SWAT. It was SWAT was very much the kind of very very uh, you know weapons fetish fetishizing with a lot of M16s and all that stuff and snipers and all. It just seemed to be a very uh, heightened heightened show. I watched it, was it a later. Good, uh, good theme song. It was great. It was a hit. it was a top ten hit, top ten hit when I was a kid. The theme from oh, SWAT. Okay. Yeah, that was a time when you could have like uh, the theme from Beretta, Rockford Files theme. Those were those were like in the top ten. Like they were they were hit yeah. songs. Greatest people, greatest American hero. People bought the singles. Um, yeah. Chico and the Man. I don't remember yeah. Chico and the Man. Was Chico and the Man in the top ten? Might have been. Yeah. What was the theme? Yeah. How did it go? Uh, oh boy. Uh, Chico, don't be discouraged. The man, he ain't so hard to understand. And then it oh, went okay. on from there. Welcome yeah. back, of course. But Welcome back. Yeah, but that was sung by it. like an actual, you know, like musician. Like most of the songs were sung by kind of faceless people. Maybe not the American Hero one. Who sang that one? I don't remember. 
I'm really not sure. But uh, with Welcome Back, I mean, yeah, here's a guy who was when the Love and Spoonful and had some hits in the late 60s on his own. And then uh, and now he's doing a Welcome Back song for, for Welcome Back Carter. Which I'm sure he made more money off of that than most of the other things. Possibly, yeah. Into- in syndication? Oh yeah. Oh, he oh, would get paid. Yeah. He would get paid for his theme being used for syndication. Yeah, hundred percent. He would. Yeah, that's pretty sure. good. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty lucky then for that Johnny Mandel who wrote the Mash theme. Yeah. But I wonder if I wonder if I think it was Robert Altman's son who wrote the lyrics for that for the movie. Does he get uh, any? And I was just wondering that the because the, it's it's a instrumental theme. It's not a it's not a it's not it doesn't use his lyrics for the for the show. By the way, good call show, not using the lyrics for that, for your uh, sitcom. No, it's very weird. It's even weirder. <laughs> it's even weirder. I mean, it's, well, it's you know, it's used in a specific part in the film where Painless, the dentist, is going to commit suicide. Yeah. Because he can no longer perform uh, sexually. Sexually. And we got to get to the football game soon. So, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> this strange, uh, what, what a oh, strange a, movie that is. Oh, it's an odd. It's such an odd okay like you're a kid and you start watching if you're like me you're probably watching later episodes so it's very marx brothersy like it's a lot of hey hey sir how about this well i think of this how about that well blah 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 yeah laugh track and then and then of course (laughs) you have like one thing where you know they go into surgery and everyone's it's very somber like this damn war (laughs) and then back to hey how you doing (laughs) it's like if the marx brothers then were like serious surgeons (laughs) this is the serious time we don't we don't f around here and you can say f around we can but like so you watch that and then you go like oh okay so this is what it is and then you see earlier episodes which are very different tonally like Mm -hmm. oh that's strange a huge cast like just a ginormous cast of people like yeah, Spear Chucker Jones. Okay. Okay. What happened to him? I know what happened to him. Someone just looked at his name and went, no. But you're going to replace him with another positive African-American character, right? Yeah, eventually. Are you, though? No, never. Okay. Bye, Spear Chucker. Um, all right, you're gone. I mean, so Spear then- Chucker was a positive character. He just His name was not positive. Yeah. He was a... He neither's, was a trapper John. He was a he was a star football player who also became a doctor, sure. And is a really good. It's such a good surgeon that he's you know like that's the only reason they can get him. And like in the movie, the only reason they get can get him for their team as a ringer is because he is such a good chest surgeon, and they they claim they need one. Which is great. So call him Jones. <laughs> I know it's just, that's all you have to do. I now know, he's a great it's, character, it's and a we're fine. Different but, time, but yeah, the, mo- the TV show should have should have known better than the movie. So so you watch the show and go like, I get it, I like mm-hmm. it. All right. So what's going on? Oh, tonight the Mash movie is on. Oh, I'd love to. What? There's a movie. That sounds great. Let's take a <laughs> yeah, look at this. Yeah. And the first thing is like radars there. Well, this is just like the show I like. Yeah. This is fantastic. Always oh, looking up the helicopters. Well, my gosh, this is just like the show I enjoy. Let's watch this. And then the suicide song plays. You're like, hmm, <laughs> that's uh, didn't know about that. Okay. And then and then you watch the movie and go, what? What the hell? What the hell in hell? Yeah, very confusing. And then God help you if you read the books. <laughs> I never, <laughs> never did. I never read the books. Yeah, it's just uh, a group of honestly rapey doctors go <laughs> travel around and – it's awful, you know. It's like doctor in the house, but like without the ethics. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not going to inquire any further. Yeah, it's all very odd. You're right. You're correct. Yeah, and a lot of books too. Holy moly! 
So many books. <laughs> it's like the goosebumps of uh, creepy doctors. Okay, we're going to get to reading a letters pretty soon, I imagine. So I have something I want to do before we get there. All right. I've I've got I found a thing. It's it's uh, some colonial era slang, <laughs> and I just wanted to uh, go through it. Sure, sure, sure. All right, hit me. All right, bro. Here we go. So, so I'm going to start with the first word. We're just going to jump right in. This is uh, so colonial era. So, what what years are we talking about? This would be during the. This would be uh, uh, the Revolutionary War. So it'll be around the time of, let's say, roughly 1607 to 1776. Okay. So this is the time colonial America. So it's still a colony because after the Revolutionary War, it was no longer a colony. It's no longer be called colonial America. Okay. It'd be post colonial America. So. Um, not to be confused with Kellogg's Colonial America. Exactly. Exactly. Don't mix them up. Though they both make raisin bran. Yeah. Okay. There's two scoops of colonists in a package of post-colonial raisin bran. So in so this is uh this word. First word, you ready? Okay. It starts with a K. The word is kedge. Kedge. Okay. So uh this would be something is this a is this uh an activity or nope, is this, this is a, this is a state a state of being. A kedge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd say you're uh, you're just like uh, very tense. You're on the kedge of your seat. You'd kedge. think so, but it says if you lived in a country town in colonial era New England, and mm-hmm. someone asked how you were doing, you might have replied, "I'm pretty kedge." And so what that term meant casual is you were in good health. Oh, kedge. Yeah, kedge. All right. I hope. Well, let me say this to all of our listeners. Yeah. I hope during this uh, time of uh, you know things. You all stay very keb, kedge. Keep kedge. Keep kedge everybody. during the time time of uh, COVID. Yeah, kedge. How do you spell kedge? K-E-D-G-E. G-E-Kedge. Okay, good health. Got Love it. Writing it down. Using it in my regular conversation. Love Done. it. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Bring back kedge. Okay. Number two. This is a this is a common one, I think. I, I But I think it still, can still be used nowadays. A, a cat's paw. Or to be made a cat's paw out of. To be made a cat's paw? Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, that makes me think of a rabbit's foot, which is good luck, your good luck charm. A uh, cat's paw would also be something a cat uses to catch its food. Uh, it would be a tool, a uh, useful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go useful tool. Uh, kind of. It's to be a dupe or to be used as a tool. Okay. So apparently it comes from a fable called The Monkey and the Cat, where a monkey persuades a cat to pull chestnuts out of a fire, promising the cat its share. Here you go, though. The cat does not get any. Oh. So he was made a cat's paw out of. So so his paw was used by someone else as a tool to get the chestnuts. Oh. Yeah. The money, there's a there's a, there's a movie I love, a Harold Lloyd film. It's a, it's a talkie. One of, I think, three that he made, and it's called The Cat's Paw. I really enjoy that movie. There's parts of It's very questionable now in terms of you know its portrayal of of chinese people mm. it is sympathetic to chinese people it is sympathetic to chinese people but it does the classic hollywood thing of using white actors as as asians which is so ridiculous there are some asian actors in it who actually do speak and speak chinese but the major roles because of course we all know that chinese people could not possibly remember their lines or learn parts to be in a movie oh my gosh what are you thinking we got to get white actors to do this so that a lot of white stuff and then there's characters who are dismissive of the the Chinese people who use dismissive terms to describe the Chinese people, which isn't so nice, but no one who's good in the film calls them by that name. So it's really shows the character's ignorance of, of it. So 
Okay. But it's a very interesting film. It's Harold Lloyd. He plays like a missionary son who comes to San Francisco to be married, to find a wife, because he can't possibly be together. He can't possibly marry a Chinese person. He's white. So he comes back to America, and then he ends up uh, being made a cat's paw out of, because he is very naive, because he has not grown up in America, and he doesn't realize he's grown up amongst these very honorable people, and he doesn't understand that there are dishonor- dishonorable people. So uh, he has made a cat's paw out of. But it's a good film. It is good. Okay. Uh, number three, Chuffy. C-H-U-F-F-Y. Chuffy. Okay. Chuffy. Yes. Yeah, so this uh, is, I think with, this is okay, an adjective, ahead. just so you know. Okay. It feels like someone who's full of themselves. Like they got a chuffy attitude towards things. Pretty pretty close. Someone who's surly or impolite. Okay. So yeah, you don't have to be chuffy. All right. Yeah, there's no need to be chuffy. Come on, stop yeah, it. Knock like, it off. I like that word, actually. I think it... Why did that word disappear? I guess because we replaced it with other things. But I think it's better than... You know, it's like less... Harsh than calling someone a jerk, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, this is a really good word too, and I th- I'm sad that it's just disappeared from the English language. Uh, number four is scranch, S C R A N C H. Scranch. Okay, is it a noun? A verb, it is a verb. It is a verb. You you scranch. Scranch. Well, it sounds, it sounds like someone who is uh, uh, trying to save up for something. You're really struggling, and you're really uh, you know, scranch. You keep keeping keep hold of every dime. Gotta gotta go squirrel it all away because uh, tough times and it uh, you, is, know, uh, you don't know how long you're gonna be kedge. Let me end. Let me end your. Uh, let me end your suffering. It yeah. is uh, to crack something between your teeth. Oh, and it sounds like it's an automatopoeia, but it's not. Mm. Apparently, it comes from a Dutch uh, word, schranchen, schranchen, which I guess means to to bite or something. But yeah, to scratch. But I like that. That's a great sounding word. Like to scratch, to bite something, to crack something with your, between your teeth. Like to scratch a peanut. Or to scratch, scratch a sesame seed. Nice. Scratch. Scratch, yeah. It sounds like what it is. I like it. I like words that sound like what they are. Yeah, yeah. Crunch. Scratch. <laughs> By the way, did yeah. crunch come after scratch? Because it seems like crunch is a ripoff of scratch. It does sound like it, doesn't it? Yeah, very similar. You know what? Then, we, uh, then we'd have a scratchy bar that was like uh, <laughs> chocolate-covered, uh, a, you know, kind of a foam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, gut foundered. One more time? Gut foundered. G U T is in gut. Yeah. Dash F O U N D E R E D. Gut foundered. Okay. Uh, uh, what what category does this fall into? This is an adjective. Gut foundered. Uh, I, it feels like taken aback. Hmm. Taken aback. That's I what I would think gut too. Gut foundered by this whole situation. Mm. Very yeah. very hungry is what it means. But very hungry, and uh, it's believed to be from Newfoundland. Oh, that sounds about right. It does sound right. Gut found. Oh, I'm t- how's it going, boy? Yeah. I'm totally gut foundered. Yeah. Oh, totally gut foundered. Oh, oh don't know what's going on. Oh, I haven't had a piece of card for days. Um, oh. <laughs> gonna have some on the patio. <laughs> some freaking cold there, eh? Totally gut foundered. Totally gut foundered. Okay. Uh, number six, fishy, and it's not what you think. Okay, is it spelled F I? Yep, uh, it's spelled like fishy. It's not the band fishy. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the band fish. There's no okay, not the band fish, not P H. I-S-H. Okay. F-I-S-H-Y. Fishy. Fish, fishy. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, person, place, or thing, adjective, adverb. What is it? Uh, it is an adjective. It's an adjective. It's a fishy. It's a state. It's a state. A fishy state. Uh, I'm going to go uh, very efficient. Uh, really, uh, that person's, uh, yeah. Very, I mean, normally fishy is like, oh, this is untrustworthy. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go, this person is very trustworthy and efficient. Uh, it means drunk. Fishy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because you're in water. You're full of water, right? You're full of liquid. So you. Oh. Oh, I, apparently, apparently it uh, it was more a way to describe how a dr- uh, drinker looked, which was bleary eyes and mm-hmm. a turned down mouth, making a drunk resemble a fish. And apparently, oh. no one invented more ways to say drunk than colonial Americans. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin alone compiled 200 ways to say it. You know what? He spent too much time on that and not enough time figuring out how not to get electrocuted. What do you mean? He didn't get electrocuted. Well, you know. In, in popular culture, he did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know realistically he didn't, but he's yeah. the guy with the kite on the string with the key, yeah. and he's getting electrocuted in uh, any cartoon you see of him. Mm. Or, you know, old-timey, uh, if you see an old sitcom and, like, Samantha yeah. from Bewitched is going to see him, he's going to get struck by lightning. You know, then you don't have Benjamin Franklin with a kite and not have electricity, you know, going through him at some point. So he should have uh, nah, smartened up, uh, get some rubber boots, uh, and, uh, you know, he was too busy coming up with those dumb words for being drunk. And also just chasing the older ladies and then writing about it. Come on, man. Be cool. Well, the problem for could, Benjamin... Who could be older than you, Benjamin Franklin? You're the oldest man in the world. Why is he old? Look at him. Oh. He, he looks like the oldest man in the world. He's got the grandma glasses, which he probably got off a lady he slept with. Uh, he's got like the... <laughs> Why wouldn't they be his own glasses? Yeah, they probably are. But, you know, uh, think of some... Okay. <laughs> Think of like an old-timey uh, American yeah. icon. Yeah. Someone from uh, Schoolhouse Rock, America Rock. Okay. Who looks older than Benjamin Franklin? Anyone. Do you tell All me of them. one? No. George Washington does not look older than Benjamin well, Franklin. Well, it depends what pa- painting you look at. No. What painting? We're yeah. not talking painting. We're talking Schoolhouse Rock. I'm talking like pop culture versions of, uh, okay. of, of these guys. <laughs> All right. Thomas All Jefferson. Right. You think of a picture of Thomas yes, Jefferson. He's, you think he's, of Benjamin Franklin. Who's older? Benjamin Franklin. Well, of course, Benjamin Jefferson. Franklin. He's like screwing his slaves. He, you know, he did stuff to stay young. Okay. Benjamin Franklin was tying keys to strings and going all the way to right. France to negotiate negotiate deals with France for uh, weaponry. Right. Think of anyone though. Like Benjamin Franklin's on what is what is it like the hundred dollar bill? Is that it? I think. Um, I think you're so, right. Think you're all right. right. Name someone who's on an American bill. Yeah. That looks older. Than Benjamin Franklin does. Uh, Lincoln? Yeah. No. No, I don't think Lincoln, but I would say George Washington. Washington? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think he looks older than uh, old man uh, Granny Glasses, uh, Ben Franklin. George Washington is wearing a wig. Yeah. So, and has weird teeth. I get it. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Franklin's bald and it's uh, <laughs> old. Just an old guy. He All founded right. what, uh, the Saturday Evening Post. How old does that sound? That's really old. Yeah. Oh, so old. He yep. drank. He, well, he drank so much. He was addled. Mm. He was casting up his accounts. Well, he always he was so afflicted. Kedged. He looked so kedged to me. He was in his airs. Mm. He was biggie, bewitched, he was nipple. block and block, boozy, bowsed, been at Barbados. Oh, uh, someone's <laughs> got a list. <laughs> someone's got a list. I'm not going to go okay. into all those. It's right. crazy. Someone's so. got a list. It's clever. It's, okay, uh, fine. it's a lot. There's a lot there. Okay, uh, number seven, macaroni. Macaroni. Okay, that's a uh, that's a uh, you're stupid because that was um, Yankee Doodle. Yeah, was so stupid that you know he put a feather in his cap. Yeah, and called it macaroni. Well, what an idiot that guy is! <laughs> well, here's the thing, it actually means fancy. So when right because he's a he's an idiot. So when he called he thinks, his feather macaroni, he wasn't being weird. He was saying that it was stylish. Yeah. Well, he still was stupid, right? Like that's the whole thing about Yankee Doodle. It's not a song about a guy that you go. Good guy. 
It's a song about, look at this idiot. Why? No, Yankee Doodle is a derogatory song. It's oh, like okay. that, it's not something about a guy who you're like yeah. Yankee Doodle into town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. I want to be like him. No, <laughs> this guy's a tool. <laughs> I guess that's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it, the word does not mean idiot. It meant fancy. It was a, re- a reference. It was describing the fashions that came from England. Okay, the, I'm looking at world. pictures of Ben Franklin right now and just, okay. geez, I'm getting older watching him. Well, you are. Yeah. That's true. You're yeah. you're absolutely cor- you're literally see, correct. I'm trying to see like how old uh, Ben Franklin uh, ended up as. Uh, hey, he lived a go. long. He lived a good long life, I believe. I think he yeah, did, into his seventies. Uh, longer. Oh, really? Well, yeah, eighty-four. Well, good for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? He, you, you know, know why? Because he was he went to bed early. He was early to bed and early to rise. Yeah, and uh, he was an abolitionist, so that's good. Could have done more, but he, you know, could have done things. more. <laughs> You know, everyone judge much. Yeah, there wasn't. Yes, that's (laughs) fair. If you want to judge about something, it's judge about slavery. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, this guy's a bit judgmental about slavery. He was was an abolitionist. I'll take that. I'll take that. He was an abolitionist in a time when there weren't very many. Yeah. Yeah. So that part's good. That part's good. Could have done more. All right. Uh, Yes. Number eight, twistical. Twistical. Okay. That's what you. Is it you are being twistical? Okay, well then you're, um, you know, uh, when you're pleasuring yourself too hard. No, it's when you're being yeah, into a it's when you're being unfair or immoral. Oh, okay, all right, very good. Uh, are you twist? Are you twisting twistical. the truth? Are you twisting reality? Are you twisting what is uh, what is virtuous? Is that the uh, the idea behind it? No, but something is when someone's being unfair or or something is you think something is immoral. Yeah. You can describe it as twistical. Okay, use it in a sentence. Ian's judgment of Benjamin Franklin was twistical. Oh, I should have been more lenient towards slavery. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, he because he was an abolitionist. He was an abolitionist. A little slavery. He was an abolitionist. He didn't have slaves, did he? Did he have slaves? Did he keep slaves though? No. Well, okay. Uh, number nine. There's three different spellings of this one word. Okay. Savvy with S A W V Y. Savvy S A V E Y or Sabby S A B Y. Well, I know how it's. I know how it's used in. Uh, well, then, I, yeah. I know how it's used in Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Sure. Well, there you go. What, how you is it used? Me. What's you that? Get me? You get me? Yeah. To to know or to understand. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's how it was used then. Now we kind of misuse it now though, because when say someone is savvy, will mean like they know something about, like you know, like he's uh very savvy about the about how to how to get through customs or something. You know what I mean? Like we use it like that. So kind of like a. Like he's kind of sly, like he's has a sly knob. You know what I mean? Okay. Or, or computer savvy is in someone's like computer literate. But yeah, the original meaning was uh, savvy that, or you know, you understand what I'm saying? That's good. Came up, came from Portuguese. So uh, I'm looking at a picture right now of Benjamin Franklin. Sure. Uh, from the uh, his most famous painting, which is uh, like his most famous depiction. Yeah. Is Benjamin Franklin drawing electricity from the sky? Painted uh, by Benjamin West. Uh, in uh, 1816, yeah, with this kite experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Benjamin Franklin in this painting is surrounded by. Let me see, one, two, three, four, five. He is sur- surrounded by five uh, somethings. What would you say he's surrounded by in his experiment? By the way, he is uh, he, the kite. The kite string is being held by one of these. Uh, he and the key is there, and Franklin is reaching up his uh, closed fist. 
and electricity is shooting from the key into his closed fist as if he is capturing electricity. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the, the painting is called Benjamin Franklin Drawing Electricity from the Sky. What are the five things that are around Ben Franklin? Are they trees? There are. Uh, there is a tree behind him, yes, oh, okay. but there's not five trees. Are they bolts of lightning? Uh, there are three bolts of lightning in the sky behind him, but oh, okay. this is not what this is. Okay, five things around him. So you're not uh, wrong about those two. Are you going to say his slaves? They are not slaves. He did not have slaves, okay. so no. Okay, his his servants? They are serving him, but they are not servants. Go ahead. Um, there's, did you say five things around him? They are five. They number five that I can count. Okay. Uh, are they uh, the five things like inspiration or whatever? Like, are they mythical beings or are they real things? Yes. Myth- mythical yeah. beings. Yes. So like, like, uh, I don't even know their names though. Like, but the muses or whatever. Nope. Oh, uh, Dave, I'm going to flip over all the cards. Please flip over the cards. Cause I, I and I'm going to tell you that they are cherubs. There are oh, five cher- cherubs. Cher- One cherub is holding the kite, uh, whatever you call the thing at the end <laughs> yeah, of a kite. Yeah. It's the stick. Sure. Uh, other ones are cheering him on. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's two others who are like at one of his machines that's off to the side. Yeah. And one of them, I will swear to you, uh, my hand on my coffee, which is sacred to me right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, one looks like Paul Giamatti. Oh. Actor Paul Giamatti in profile. Originally, I thought he looked like Harvey Picar. Uh, and most of these others look like children, yeah. you know, but old timey children. So they look older because yeah. they're, you know, children went through rougher things back then. But there's one of them that legitimately, legitimately to me looks like Paul Giamatti. Mm. Look this up yourself, listeners. Uh, Benjamin Franklin drawing electricity from the sky. I will give Dave a copy of this possibly for uh, the thing uh, for our page. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a weird one. Okay. So, um, it can't poss- possibly be accurate, though. Like, he couldn't have actually I been struck by cherubs. lightning. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, a cherub obviously means that even though he was against slavery, he was a, uh, he was a child. Like, he used children as... as he, would probably, he probably ran a pizza shop in Washington. Well, they're not children. They're cherubs. No, they're babies. And more... Well, they're never going to age, so they're older than you. So, they're not really children. they're not going to age. They're being electrocuted with this guy with a with a key. I don't think you can kill a chair. Uh, I, have, I, I don't. I don't think that's possible. That's the most terrible thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh well, then you can get out more. He he he's obviously uh, he's obviously less less uh, great than I thought he was. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. Yeah, very much so. Less great. All right, you got any more? Um, I'm just going to say that it he couldn't possibly have been capturing the lightning though. He would have he would have been electrocuted to death. Well, he's got five cherubs, so you know that'll ground him. Okay. He's definitely doing the work of uh, God or the gods. I don't know if, uh, you know, how, you know, the, the Bible deals with cherubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're assistants to science. But in this case, yes. And I, I think they also helped him with the Saturday Evening Post. They were his editors as well on that and helped him get the uh, magazine out. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they worked as editors? They worked in the editing department or... Yeah, okay. and later on they'd uh, they'd be talking to uh, you know the uh, cover artists and whatnot. And uh, I'm trying to remember, Rockwell. There you go. I was Norman, think, yeah, Norman Rockwell. Damn it! I was trying to think like they they recruited Norman Rockwell and you know. I uh, would I would negotiate st- the deal. I would state I would state with without fear of contradiction that there were no illustrations in the 
Saturday Evening Post as edited by Benjamin Franklin. Or okay. if there were, they wouldn't have been like cover ones. They would have been, you know, in the interior somewhere, little, little, you know, right. don't, don't well, tread would, on me drawings and things like that. Would it surprise you to know there yep. was R.L. Stein's joke page? Not at all. No, no, that that's the only way to explain how many books he's written is that he's been been around since the times of uh, of uh, slavery. In like, fact, here was one. Here was one of his jokes. They have it right here, which okay. is just like uh, a boy walks up to his mother. Yes, and the mother says, "Guess what's for supper?" Mm-hmm. And the boy goes, "I don't know what's for supper." And the mother says, "Nothing." This was the tough times back. then. They were. They were very tough that was times. The kind of joke that a mother would do Glad with her child back then. Glad you uh, recognize that. All right, number yeah. ten. Number ten. Okay. Adam's ale. Uh, cider. Uh, water. No. Water. That's, bu- is Adam's that's bullshit. Ale. He, no, he drank, uh, he, he had an apple. So <laughs> apple cider. It would be apple. It would be like apple juice. Uh-huh. Where did he get no. water from? What do you mean? Adam's ale. Like Adam was so <laughs> pure, he wouldn't He wouldn't drink. He had... It... Yes, he did. He ate an apple. That's why he got kicked out of the place. He ate the apple. He's good. He had apple juice. Yeah, makes no sense. It's, moving on. It's bullshit. <laughs> All right, number eleven. I got kicked out, right? This one's this yeah. one's easy. This one's easy. Okay. You're gonna get this one. You're gonna get this one. Okay. Number eleven. A shaver. A sh- oh, a young person. You got Just it. A little one. You got it. Young person. A shaver. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, number twelve. Jolly- <laughs> this one's also easy. Jollification. Jollification. Yeah. Uh, something to make you laugh, I would assume. Uh, kind <laughs> of celebration or merrymaking. Okay. These all sound like things when you talk about mash. Uh, Father Mulcahy would say, <laughs> "Jollifications, jollifications." All right. So this is, uh, I guess, I guess this was a way you would describe someone. Uh, you'd call them a Simon Pure. A Simon Pure. Now, is yeah. that an actual name of a person? So you'd have to know who the person was to get what this was all about. Not a real person. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would say a guy who's, um, you know, Simon Pure sounds like. Uh, someone who's a real goody-goody, who uh, would be a teetotaler, uh, would, wouldn't get into fights, you know, just a real uh, good nick. Uh, it means the real deal, mm. authentic or and untainted, based on a character from a play called A Bold Stroke for a Wife. Well, there we a go. 17, How do I know that? A 1718 play written by Susanna Saint-Livre, so she's a French mm-hmm. lady, uh, and in the play, Simon Pure was a Quaker character who has to prove he's the real Simon Pure. Okay, that sounds great. Except, here's the thing. It's like, uh, you might as well go like, you know, name a Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah. Just go like a real Bubba Bubba. Like, I don't know. There's be no way I could know. You no, just, no, uh, I know. I know. I'm no, just better informing you. This was a... This there's, was no a... Root word. there's no There's no uh, way in. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing <laughs> That's like fine. You did a good job. You did a good I'm job. guessing like an Irishman. A simple <laughs> Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. Like, well, you, you know, Irishman we, out of me, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and I can say that because apparently, according to Ancestry. dot com, yeah, I'm uh, probably Irish. How, so how much? Okay. How much percent of you is Irish? <sighs> Pretty much anything that matters. <laughs> it's like I'm either Irish or Scottish. They huh. can't tell the difference. All right. Uh, but most of it is that. And then it goes to, uh, there's a bit of Swedish in there. Yeah. But I can't tell my mother-in-law that, otherwise she'll disown me. Yeah. Um, so, because they're a bunch of baby stealers. So, yeah, I can't, I can't let her know that. Yeah. It's weird how it works out, because I'm mostly English. I have a little bit of Irish. That tiny percentage of me that's Portuguese and Egyptian. And then it mm-hmm. turns out my penis is Scandinavian. It's weird. Oh, because you can tell because of which way it points? Yes. North. Uh, number 14. 
<laughs> well, then I'm glad you're enjoying the show. I, I'm just liking this word now. Circumbendibus. Oh, for God. <laughs> uh, I think she's a comic book writer who wrote... <laughs> Uh, Jessica Jones, <laughs> Uh I think uh, I think a person who doesn't get to the point. Real yes, that is very good in a, a roundabout way of doing something. Of okay, uh, a necessarily roundabout way, a roundabout way like of of doing of a rambling story, perhaps would be an example of that, or taking a a, a winding road that that goes that seems to go nowhere. Or the last half hour of our podcast most weeks. Circumbendibus. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you call it. Yeah, we're in the circumbendibus portion of it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. So we have about 4 million letters to read. So we should, uh, or comments. So we, sh- we sh- you should get to that now. And, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll leave Slang Corner, but it's always nice to visit. It's been a while since we were there. So I just thought it'd be kind well, of fun. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm yep. going to read... Uh, episode 449's uh, letters. Yeah. And you'll read episode 450's letters. Okay. Uh, to, to, to break this up so everyone that, doesn't just like hear my voice for forever. That's fair. Uh, so the first letter we get is from, uh, well, first of all, uh, our questions uh, on 449 were, uh, what's your favorite TV show with a band in it? Mm. Musical band. Sub question, uh, do you eat grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup in your part of the world? And we asked Louise to come up with bear-based Shakespearean titles yeah. uh, or puns, and uh, and and in fact she did, and others of you joined in. But the first letter we got was from Dave Dedrick. Young Dave Dedrick writes uh, <laughs> that uh, he forgot we were talking about plague songs, and uh, you know I've been unusually dumb uh, the last few months of shows. Oh, that's sad. Dave thinks that way, and I'm blaming it entirely on the COVID nineteen blues. Yeah, well, yeah, I understand. But how could I forget the ultimate pandemic song, "The Black Plague" by Eric Burden and the Animals? And you put a clip up from uh, "Let's Go" in 1967, yeah. filmed in Vancouver. Uh, and you mentioned that you regularly perform this with David M at many live shows, first as narrator, but often in a much harder role of bell ringer. Yeah, you have to count for that part of it. You have to count uh, before you can ring. And it's difficult because if you're not a drummer, you tend to want to do this. So if someone said on the four, you're like on the four. So then you go one, two, three, four, ding. Then you're like, oh no, it's supposed to be on the four. One, two, three, ding, and all. it's just. And then you're you're overthinking it, and it's, uh, I, fi- I find it really difficult to do that. Uh, I much prefer reading. I can do that very easily. <laughs> I can't count. So uh, Louise writes with her. Uh, here we go. Here's Hello, Louise. Let me see if I can do these justice. Uh, Antony and Cleopatra, <laughs> two grizzly men of Verona. Nice. Polarcles, Prince of Tyre, because Prince is in Paw Prince. Yeah. That's what that is. The Clomedy of Gers. Pretty great. But the best one is Mall's Well That Ends Well. (laughs) It's very good. Uh, Young David Dedrick also pipes in with Two Gentlemen of Verona. That's good. Uh, Chris Roberts joins in uh, on the fun and says... uh, and uh, another variation on this, Antony and Cleopanda, very <laughs> nice, measure, fur measure, Good. as you bite it, mm. the Merry Wise of Windsor Safari Park, <laughs> and a Midsummer Night's Picnic Basket. Nice. That's my favorite and, one. And of course, let's not forget Mark Antony's uh, moving speech from Julius Caesar, friends, Romans, countrymen, 
Lend me your bears. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Excellent. And uh, Louise, not letting that stand, comes in and says, and let's not forget when Hamlet asked, who would Fertile's bear to growl and swat under a berry life? Uh, and uh, she goes, uh, the Merry Windsor uh, Wives of Windsor Safari Park. I had to look that up as Canada also has a Windsor, but no Safari Park. Uh, Bard on the Beach, our local Shakespeare company, once staged the Merry Wives of Windsor, Ontario. Yes, they did. Um, and they should have been shut down at that point. Let's let's be fair. Um, <laughs> set in Canada good. in the 1960s. Come to think of it, that's my good. cousin used to, used to work as an attraction uh, called Africa at an attraction called African Lion Safari, but it's near Cambridge, Cambridge, Ontario. That is, yeah, it'd be ridiculous for a lion to be anywhere else, uh, <laughs> but it makes sense in Ontario. Um, and then uh, Nina uh, says, uh, "We can't uh, take wine across." <laughs> Party, so there you go. Apparently a party uh, pooper. Uh, and then she was asking if we'd uh, heard of, now this was nice of, of her, was asking if we'd heard of uh, Schoolhouse Rock Rocks, the 1995 album, with a bunch of 90s artists covering Schoolhouse Rock signs. I bought it back uh, then thinking it was original songs, but I actually ended up liking the covers better. Uh, <laughs> if it helps, I wasn't familiar with the large majority of the songs to begin with. That does help. Thank you. Uh, and she put it on Dropbox if anyone's interested in listening. So if you go to Sneaky Dragon episode 449, go down into the messages, uh, uh, you will see the Dropbox link that uh, Nina has put there. And yes, they are some very good songs. Yes. Uh, From some 90s, some no 90s bands. Very 90s. So 90s. <laughs> uh, Louise writes again. Uh, our recent uh, TV series I watched that had a band uh, was uh, Nashville, created by Callie uh, Corey, screenwriter of Thelma and Louise. Uh, like the Partridge family, it also featured a family involved in the music industry. But this time, all the actors performed their own vocals on songs written for the show by established songwriters. The characters ran the gamut from struggling musicians playing small bar gigs to megastars doing big stadium tours to washed-up performers on a downward spiral. Along with the usual backstage tropes of uh, professional rivalries, affairs, substance abuse, band member squabbles, and record labels screwing you over, the series also took on current issues like the impact of social media, postpartum depression, cults, sexual harassment, and homophobia in country music. So that's Nashville. So oh, give that a check. I was going to say, that sounds like the movie Nashville, but anyway. Mm. Uh, which, yeah, hey, watch the movie Nashville anyway, or just go to Nashville, but not now. Don't go to America now. And if you are America, <laughs> stay where you are until things are safe. We're, uh, we're rooting for you. Yes. Todd writes back on the topic of Shakespeare. The comedy of bearers. How did no one else come with that? Right there. Lying right there. Uh, Ursus Andronicus. Julius Seabear. Mm, the stretch. <laughs> and in Japan, Kumakbeth. Okay. Wow. Double reach. All the way across to the island of Japan. Um, that's fine. Uh, friend uh, Mick, supplier of delicious candies, uh, writes, and and good books. Uh, hard to go past the monkeys, which set the standard for goofy music-based sitcoms. Nickelodeon tried to re uh, replicate it with Big Time Rush around 10 years ago. Wasn't bad, but the budget clearly didn't extend to having a new song for every episode, so they really stretched the available songs across too many episodes. I, I don't know Big Time Rush, but I do remember when I was watching uh, reruns of the monkeys and they made a big deal out of like the new monkeys are coming. The <laughs> new monkeys. Here comes the new monkeys. 
And I think the new monkeys lasted three episodes and people went, ah, there was never any new monkeys. Ooh. <laughs> just drove them off to the scene. Yeah. You'd um, really, you, you know, there's like, believe it or not, there's an awful lot of talent behind the monkeys. Like, like some of the greatest writers of the sixties wrote songs for the, the monkeys, right? Like Carol Goffin and, 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 uh, her songwriting part. Oh, sorry. Carol King and Jerry Goffin wrote, yeah. um, you know, Pleasant Valley Sunday and Neil Diamond wrote I'm a Believer and, you know, had um, uh, uh, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart writing last game, Train to Clarksville and produced the first album and wrote most of the songs on that first album, actually. Like, they, there is, like, so much talent. Like, you just, it's like one of those sort of lightning in a bottle once in a, once in a lifetime sort of situations where it's hard to duplicate that, especially if you don't have the money to pay yeah real people to do like the hard work and also you know like they were doing it in, in la so they had like the cream of the session musicians so we had all these like great you know musicians playing b behind them like it was just like like this is a kind of perfect storm situation and then you bring in the new monkeys and it's the 1980s and music is different the music business is different and yeah it doesn't really work the same didn't work too because i think i had mono so that didn't work for me um <laughs> Mono, but yeah, I agree. Mono, Flight of the Concords probably was the best of the recents. I would say very close. Oh, mm, okay, close second and third. I'm going to give to um, Tenacious D's mm -hmm. television series. Yeah, yeah. Some pretty good songs in that. Okay. And then um, Garfunkel and Oates had a uh, had a pretty good uh, television series mm -hmm. as well. Sure. Um, Grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup definitely only exist as separate meals here in Australia, probably due to the hot climate. Mm -hmm. And they probably attract koalas, and you don't want that. Because from what I hear, they're full of chlamydia. So keep them, keep them out. Um, finally, to Shakespeare. Shakespeare! Did anyone else do Shakespeare? That's exactly what this should be. Damn, we got to just do a book of these. Uh, so anyway. Uh, mix uh, suggestions. Loves Labors Lost in the Woods. <laughs> Macbeth. The Taming of the Pooh. Bear. Yeah. Cubs Labors Lost. Mm. The Merchant of Bareness. <laughs> Titus Andronicubs. And Ruxpin and Juliet. <laughs> which, which you say that one's a stretch. Oh, no, 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 no. Not compared to Julius uh, Seabear. Uh, Ruxpin and Juliet is absolutely fine. Yeah, now you got me thinking of like, is there anything with Paddington? Is there anything with Rupert? Mm -hmm. um, Care Bears? Oh, the Care Bears? Oh, boy, How about boy. a comedy of Care Bears? Dave. Yeah. What? What's that, sorry? A comedy of Care Bears. Yeah, you've won. You won. Okay. Yeah, you've won. <laughs> Anyone else that writes any of them now, they're just bullshit. Comedy of Care Bears. That's the best one, right? <laughs> you know that's the best one. Well, I'm very pleased oh, that you think that. You were so lucky you don't have to do a title card, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have to do one of that. I've um, done the Care Bears before. I couldn't do that again. Uh, Danny Joseph writes, <laughs> uh, Hi, fellas. Been a while since I checked in. Ian's rants against uh, Trump were getting tiresome. That's true. But you know what? He's gotten his act together. It's fine. Uh, so I took a break uh, to listen to the great Beatles podcast. I'm back. I love the show and want to let you know that The Prisoner is currently available on Amazon Prime. Oh. Looking forward to 450. I'm looking forward to watching The Prisoner again. That, uh, that's a good suggestion. Okay. Uh, let me uh, just. We talking... I'm not. I, okay. I'm not absolutely sure if that's true for Canada. Oh. Because there okay. are different, there are different licensing, there are different restrictions so, and blah blah blah. He said, "Oh, during this country." So, um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ian. Yeah. Shout Factory 
form a bunch of guys who used to be with Rhino Records or their own little thingy, uh, has them available on YouTube, and they're like pristine, pristine uh, show. Like they look really good. They're oh, 1080 or whatever, so you can watch them if you have a, you have the YouTube app on your on your on your uh, smart stick or whatever for your television. You okay. can, uh, can watch them that way that way too. If it's not on Amazon Prime, that's that's good. good that's a good tip though from Danny. So we'll we'll have to check it out. Uh, our friend Sarah Walsh. But writes. for instance, let me just say, for oh, instance, sorry, uh, like in Netflix, we can up here in Canada, we can watch mm-hmm. all of the Hayao Miyazaki films. In the states, yes, they can't. There's not. They're not it's, in the states. It's been a. It's been a treat. Uh, but here's what we can't get: wine. We can't get. <laughs> well, we can get wine. wine. We just can't not get a sense. But th- yeah, that's true. I can't get any Paddington uh, <laughs> wine. I can't get any yeah. Rupert wine. Paddington, uh, no. Can't get any Care Bear wine. Um, Okay, and so Sarah Walsh writes, I suck at puns, so I'm not touching the Shakespeare bear titles. Mm -hmm. You will. You'll be back. You'll be back. Wait, we were so good? (laughs) Well, Comedy of Care Bears is pretty freaking good. (laughs) Like, you just came out of nowhere with that one. It just went, oh, let me try hitting the ball. Boom! Right out. Smashes the scoreboard. Yeah, there. Great. Um, Sarah Walsh writes, I suck at puns, so I'm not touching the Shakespeare bear titles. My grandma bunny used to make very basic, but very awesome grilled cheese sandwiches, which I would dip in ketchup. My weird affection for ketchup is well documented by now. I know we've seen the (laughs) documentary. It's true. Yeah, we did see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's called uh, ketchup. That, uh, that, uh, that series Heinz 57 up, which just covers (laughs) every seven years going still like ketchup. You still like ketchup? I was like, yeah, I do. Okay. That's that's true, actually, because I like ketchup less now than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I use ketchup on less things than I did when I was when I was, when I was growing up. Yeah, now I'm a bit of a brown, brown saucer is what I... Oh, you're a brown saucer. I do enjoy a little bit of brown wow. sauce. Well, now that you got, um, now that you got your, uh, your, your 23andMe or whatever it's called, uh, information access. back, you and you're so British, you know that you have to have brown sauce. You can't, you can't yes, deny it. Uh, not exactly tomato soup, but close. Is ketchup like tomato soup? You know what? Fair enough. I guess grilled cheese and tomato product uh, go well together in any form. I I, uh, I also like dipping my my grilled cheese into ketchup. Just just do a second yeah. Sarah's so good taste. My, good taste. Yeah, my my wife as well. She also enjoys. Listen, man. She enjoys, uh, and you might like this too. She enjoys ketchup on scrambled eggs. Yeah, I like that too. I have a hard hard time with that, but you know I what? love her. And I'll just I'll just leave the room. I like with both of them actually. I like to mix a little sweet oh. and a hot in the heat. Oh. So I oh. like some Tabasco sauce and some ketchup. Okay. All right. All right. We don't need to keep talking about this. Um, <laughs> I watched the Monkees when it reran on PBS. I think in the eighties. PBS. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. It's possible. I don't know. Uh, Maybe, I, I, I think an MTV. Been, I would have been late uh, uh, single digit aged at the time. I recently acquired. <clears throat> The entire series online. I got them that way too. Yeah, that's how I get wine. And watched uh, most of it over the course of a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Then got distracted and never finished. Oh, so you don't know the twist ending. They were the Beatles the whole time. They didn't Uh, It was fun though, so I'll go with that for now. It's a good show. It's a good show. Indeed. The last last few shows of the second season, uh, directed by Mickey Dolenz, he... And they're they're just cuckoo wacky ones. And um, David Jones got uh, his uh, his start as the Artful Dodger. That's true. Uh, and uh, Dave, yep. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. aside from Jack Wild, who was another Artful Dodger, okay. Um, name another uh, musician 
who famously uh, played the Artful Dodger and then became a very successful rock musician uh, with uh, hits in the 70s, hits in the 80s, and hits in the 90s. Really? Yes. Artful Dodger. He was the Artful Dodger in uh, whatever West Oh, Phil Am- Collins, Phil Collins. Exactly. That's completely correct. Well done. Thank you. Consider yourself. You're right. <laughs> you got it right that time. And your joke about the canvas was not half bad. So moving on <laughs> to 450. Oh, well. We... There you go, Dave. Thanks. Oh, let me help you up, Dave. You fell down a little bit. Let me just... Let me just touch you all over. There you go. Let me just touch your body, head to toe. That's how we do it in Feeling England. Very, all right, walking away now. Here. Nothing to see here. Nothing. Putting something in your pocket. Feeling and Dave, well. take it away with episode four hundred and fifty in our letters. All right. So here's a here's a little uh, coincidence of coincidences. Young Ian Boothby is the first person to rate oh, for episode four hundred and fifty. I've heard good things about him. I'll just eat some sausages while you uh, while you talk about it. Eat them quietly, please. And These are make, good sausages. Make sure you have some ketchup with them. Oh, what ketchup? Where are we? The colonies. <laughs> uh, it was Topol I was talking about. I meant to say uh, you you wrote. I meant to see, but you got to do a little preface, I think, there about uh, what that was about. Oh, okay, well, we were talking about Fiddler on the Roof, I believe. In yep. that episode, it's so long ago now. It's Flash, Flash it's, Gordon. It's six hours and forty-five minutes ago. I can't remember what what it was. But we were talking about we were talking about Fiddler on the Roof, and you were suggesting you had a uh, a, a new musical you're writing, Fiddler on the Roof Two. This time it's personal. Actually, sure. no, no, Fiddler on the Roof Two. This time it's musical. <laughs> it was a musical last time as well. No, no, I disagree. This time it's it's a musical, and so uh, but you could not remember the name apparently of Topol. Best known for his performance of a mouse on the Ed Sullivan show, Topol Gigio. And what's that? Yes, keep continue. Okay. <laughs> and so you said, it was Topol I was talking about. I meant to see. I think yeah, you meant to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't fix it. I can't fix it. Go ahead. I meant to say it wasn't Zero Mustel. I also got the name of the song off the top wrong. I'm sure there were no more errors after the first three minutes. I think you're right. I think the rest of the show, mwah, we were perfect. And that 10 was out of 10. Because I was thinking like, as you're, because zero, of course, is the final number. So I was counting it out, uh, decal topo zero <laughs> on my 12 fingers. Nina wrote, wrote to say, thank, thank you, David, for choosing me as your fave. And thank you, Ian, for presumably choosing me as your second fave. Well, you know what they say, when you presume, you make a pre out of your muse <laughs> and me. That is true. That is true. You're you're welcome, Nina. I, I truly do enjoy your art. You know what? And we haven't, even though we mentioned that uh, a young person uh, made a Sparks uh, video game, mm-hmm. we didn't mention that we've got a new book coming out of Sparks. Oh, we do. Is that Would that yeah. be Sparks Double Dog Dare? That would be uh, coming out August 4th. Arriving in bookstores in August 4th, yes. Yeah, though you can pre-order from your local bookstores or your, uh, you know, mega maniacal uh, monopolies (laughs) online as well. Either way, uh, it's the same for us. So, uh, yeah. Choose uh, your poison. Yeah, and if you haven't read the first book, it's just called Sparks. Uh, It's about two cats who want to be heroes. No one takes the cat seriously as heroes. They dress up as a dog. Save the world from an evil alien baby. What's the second book about? You'll see... August 4th. So uh, there you go. Nina is the artist. uh, Dave is the colorist. I am the writer. 
That is all correct. Even though Nina and I do talk about the plot. And then she goes, don't do that. Do this. And I go, oh, that's a much better idea. And then we do. And then she goes, could there be this character in this? Like, what do you mean? Like a character that's like this? And I go, I guess. Uh, how about this? Yeah. And then she draws it. And I go, that's amazing. We should really make more of that character. Then we do. And then that character is kind of the breakout character of the second book, I would say. Uh, but you judge for yourself when you get it. August 4th. August 4th, everyone. Yep. In a world. Uh Thomas Peterson writes, Hi, Thomas. I didn't manage to get a question in before deadline. I'm sorry, because the show could clearly do with an extra couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. You are so right. How are we going to get it in the Guinness Book of World Records? Uh, He says, I'm looking forward to the Peanuts sidecast. He suggests Pass the Peanuts as a name. Fun fact. Did you know that the Danish name of Peanuts is Radisern? Or Radiserne? Which translates to the radishes. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea why they call it that. Come to think of it, any food metaphor for kids is kind of weird. I would say that makes more sense than peanuts, even though peanuts came from the peanut gallery. Yeah. Um, because the kids do look with their big heads more like radishes. They do. It is, And there's a little bit of hair on top of their head. Yeah, yeah they look yeah. radishy. They do sure. look radishy, yeah, yeah. and I think that's, that's a, a fairly apt. Schultz himself wanted to call it good old Charlie Brown, but... And uh, sort of did later, where he would sort have of, the yeah. title Peanuts small, and then good old Charlie Brown nice and big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was um, he was poo pooed by a editor at the Syndicate, where the where the he had sold the the strip, and of course, being a young cartoonist, eager to make a, a name for himself in the world, it didn't seem like a good idea at the time to to nope. uh, stir stir up the waters. Good idea, boss. <laughs> yes, sounds And the name great. of our podcast, "Pass the Peanuts," sounds good. But I think it's just going to be called uh, "Talking About Our Peanuts." What are you? Sorry, you going to say it? Say it again. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to say it again. <laughs> One more time, just for me. Uh, it's just going to be called "Talking About Our Peanuts." <laughs> It's very or good. have you seen my peanuts? That's that's even better. Or peanuts envy. Okay, oh, go that's, ahead. That's my uh, that's the shirt I made a long time ago. That's or that's the uh, title card. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Be, well, we will call it peanuts envy. That's good. All right, because we can use that as the. Well, I guess we can. Anyway, okay. Sarah Walsh writes. Oh, by the way, and uh-huh. make sure you please uh, give me a nice funeral because that's going to be over my dead body. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say thank you to Thomas because uh, for that bit of uh, Danish. Uh, word word uh, lore there because that, that's uh, I just eat that stuff like radishes for breakfast. <laughs> Sarah Walsh writes that was epic, oh, awesome boy. drawing from Mick. What do you say? Oh boy, I said oh boy, it was yes, yes it, was, it was epic in the true sense of the word. Awesome drawing from Mick and songs from Chris and Nick. I vaguely remember Nick's like a dream lost upon awakening. Well, Chris's was much fresher in my my memory. Yes, well, Chris's was a mere 150 shows ago, whereas Nick's was way back in the tw- the twenties. 30s thank you so much for the birthday wishes for abby luna i admit what's that hmm? uh, we should mention that's the cat oh the cat yes her cat it was her cat's birthday so ian and i sang happy birthday i admit i had to laugh because it seems you fell victim to the latency issues that prevent bands from jamming over the internet without an insanely fast connection if there's anything percussive or rhythmic involved it becomes apparent immediately that nobody is in time with each other but hearing you keep singing slower and slower as you tried to stay in sync with each other's delayed feeds was wonderfully hilarious is that what was happening i had no idea i don't know i was so frustrated with sing, Ian. Uh, sing slower or faster you were saying something i like, did Speed up, slow down. So you said something. I was like, I don't know. I Here said, to, I said, can we sing a bit faster this time? It feels really slow, and I, but I didn't realize that's what was happening. I didn't. I've never heard of this before, so that explains why it was happening. It was out of 
it was out of her control. You were not intentionally singing slower and slower. All I hope is that it sounded like I was making fun of you while you were singing. <laughs> like you were singing something and I immediately afterwards was going. <laughs> like no, right it's, it sounded like you were singing. Okay. It sounded like you're singing along. I don't know if that's what you intended, but. But uh, I'm glad your cat enjoyed it. Yeah. As far as Abby Luna is concerned, she got a longer song out of it. So she's happy. And yes, I absolutely did play it for her. It's hard to tell if I'm projecting or if she actually recognized her name coming from the noisy light box her human is <laughs> always staring at. But it did seem like she was intrigued at the very least. <laughs> also, thanks for the advice on fighting the effects of depression on creativity. I think a few of your tactics might be worth a try for me, even in pandemic times. I've been finding it uncharacteristically difficult to stay optimistic lately, but I know we'll get through this. It's just hard not knowing when. Oh well, one day at a time. Yeah, I especially felt that this week with the uh, super lockdown for the last three days. Mm, yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a, yeah. it was a tough one. Yeah, and just like, and I'd also I just bought a couple of tickets to the pool because mm. you got to buy those in advance. Okay. So I'm just look, I'm looking at my like tickets to the pool, going like, nope, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Wish Off I didn't we do go. that. Oh, that's too bad. I'll swim tomorrow. I bought my <laughs> ticket for the pool tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, Sarah finishes with, now I'm off to start writing my 550 questions for episode 550. And, <gasps> and back at she says, nah, I wouldn't do that to you. Or would I? Uh. Oh, Sarah writes back to say, oh, and Liam's highlight reel too. An excellent, an excellently edited romp down memory lane. Now we need one for every season. Did you hear that, Liam? Get to work. <laughs> or not, or not. It's up to you. I'm kidding. Uh, Todd writes to say, congratulations on 450 episodes. I love the idea of you guys doing a sidecast on Peanuts. I enjoy fanslainers, but I also miss your projects like Full Marks or Totally Tintin that focus on one specific series and have, an, have a set endpoint. Mm. The historical perspective and research you bring to the topics are always nice. I don't know what your long-term plans are for fanslainers, but if you ever feel like wrapping it up, a Peanuts podcast would be a nice new project. Ideally, I'd prefer you keep fansplainers going and do the Peanuts thing too, but managing four podcasts at once might be too much even for you guys. But maybe that could be a new Patreon goal or something. Maybe. Worth discussing. Worth discussing, yes. Worth discussing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're discussing it. When I think about doing four podcasts, I get a little Peanutsy and I go... <laughs> um, Louise writes to say, "Great picture. I love the chickens." This is uh, the one that Mick did. Yes. Yes. What is the graphic on Dave's shirt? Hmm. It must be something iconic and obvious that I'm not hip enough to get. BT Dubs. Dave and Ian generously shared those Aussie chocolates the next day at a small get together, and by shared, I mean Ian flung them at us with a with a packing plastic wrapped hand from a safe social distance. Which is why it would have been terrible if we all ended up with COVID. Yes, that would have been terrible. <laughs> she, she goes on to say, I liked that question about the best and worst Bible books, which reminds me, I'm still waiting for your Holy Bible spinoff podcast. Ugh, I guess we'll have to do that before the, the Beatles one. FYI, best Esther, or as people like to say, bester, worst Job. Ah, I can't get behind you in that one. I really like Job. Uh, Mick responds to Louise. I would. I was going to respond to Louise's t-shirt question, but I'll let Mick answer it since he's the one who drew it. He says, Hey Louise, the image on David's shirt is the cover of the Bell and Sebastian album, If You're Feeling Sinister. I chose something obscure enough that only DD, only Double D, that's me, would get the reference. No, no, you're now called DD. That's going to be what we call you. <laughs> Glad you noticed the chickens. I have no idea what they look like in real life, so I took a guess. 
Oh, by the way, is the Bigfoot uh, the Frank uh, Bigfoot PI? Is that what the Bigfoot is? I thought it. No, that's from uh, Tintin uh, in Tibet. That's a yeah. Oh, that's a yeti. okay. I was going to go. If it's Frank Bigfoot PI, that is the deepest cut in the world. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but it is not. Uh, yeah, the chickens. Our chickens are brown. You did a very good uh, drawing of our old chicken Noisy, though. So that's very nice. Very touching tribute to to Noisy. Oh. R.I.P. Um, then. Then Mick says, sorry, I'm having trouble with my, my headphones. I keep cutting out, so it's a little disturbing. Okay. Uh, Where did I leave off here? Oh, I uh, think cause... hope no one was seriously injured. In oh, the... yeah. So he says, hope no one was seriously injured in the chocolate-flinging picnic incident, Mick. Then, P.S., congrats Ian and David on an epic 450th episode. Loved every minute. Thanks. I wish I had been taking notes, as there were so many great recommendations sprinkled throughout the gargantuan running time, and Liam's highlights were just a treat. I'm in full support of a peanut sidecast too. <laughs> well, I guess oh, dear. Be, I guess this is going to come before the the Bible one. Sorry, sorry, Louise. Um, the melancholy Christmas carol at the start of a Charlie Brown Christmas is the only Christmas song my kids and I sing at Christmas. Ironically, mm-hmm. of course, maybe you could theme each episode around a character for discussion. Is Peanuts just an account of Charlie Brown being bullied by his whole neighborhood? Hmm. That's you know that's a weird thing about about it because you could say yes, you could say yes. But then they seem to have respect enough for him that he's the pitcher of the baseball team, which is a prestigious position. And like, if he was really like the the goat, he would be out in the outfield somewhere, like Lucy. You know how I th- and he's I also the team it... manager, so that's a kind of a weird element of the sto- of the of the uh, the story. Well, what it is is uh, he's the boss, so he's the boss that everyone makes fun of. But he is the boss. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but it's that kind of thing, like in a. But sitcom you can't you can't really bully your boss because your you boss. You can though in sitcom. I, in I guess you can. I guess you could. You know that's 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 a thing that that happens. But but the but the boss in this case is our protagonist. So we're follow. You know, if we were following, say, uh, Linus or Schroeder, you know, we'd be more empathetic to that. And it's like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they're just making fun of him. Well, that's what you do. You just make fun of your boss. You know, and he's got to take it. You know, no, you were, and then goes off. You know. <laughs> um, um, yeah. All right. Yep. That's something we'll talk about in our uh, next uh, podcast about the peanuts. Yeah. Our next sidecast. Yeah, the other thing you can do is with fan splainers, there have been Peanuts movies. Mm. So if you recommend, if you uh, ask us to uh, talk about one of those, then we would talk a bit about the Peanuts. So That's there is true. a back door to that. Or you so. could listen to uh, many, many Sneaky Dragon podcasts where we talk in some detail about the Peanuts because we do. Yes. We have done that. But we've never done a detailed uh, historical breakdown of, of Charles Schultz and talked about him in terms of his, his biography and stuff like that. So that that would be interesting. Uh yeah, that would be very interesting. I'm not opposed to it, is what I'm saying. I think that we'd have to figure out a way, Ian and I, uh, I did like your idea of doing it by decade, like kind of like grouping it, doing it into groups where we, you know, like it'd be hard to do like year by year. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, that would go that would go a little too long. I think I think we've gotten, um, I'm just typing peanuts right now just to see how long it actually went uh, for. Well, 50s uh, to yeah. the 80s or 90s, 90s, I should say. Yeah, the launch date was 1950, and the last original one was in 2000. So 40 years. Yeah, that's uh, no 50 years. 50, 50 to 2000. Is 50. You're absolutely right. Sorry, yeah. math is bad and hard. <laughs> it's it is it's not necessarily bad, but it is hard. All yeah. right, let's uh, 
Let me just test, David. Sure. I'll just test my memory right now yeah. for just a second to make sure I'm okay. Okay. Um, uh, person, woman, man, uh, 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 TV, yeah. uh, uh, camera. Camera TV. Okay, good. I'm good. All right, go. Continue. Nice. I had to ask someone what that meant today. I kept seeing that meme, and I didn't know what it meant. Very good. Okay. It's a reference to Trump, everyone. All right, Jada. Oh, we just lost someone. We lost one of our listeners again. <laughs> Jada. Don't don't go away mad, Danny. You know we're just having fun. All right, Jada Jackman uh, writes to say, Before I dive into a long tangent, congrats on four, 450. That is truly amazing. I loved both of Chris's songs at the beginning of this episode and last, and those clips at the end uh, were hilarious. But rock and roll is dead? Oh, Dave's controversial. Come on, Dave. You're going to have to explain yourself more. If you mean rock and roll as in 50s rockabilly, sure, we can agree. But the genre of rock is still thriving today, with many subgenres, such as with math rock and modern psychedelia. I will say rock artists now are willing to incorporate more digital sounds, but they're keeping up with modern times. If you mean the presence of rock is dead, maybe rock isn't played on radio stations, but radio is dead. I don't know a single person under the age of 25 that listens to the radio, even in their car. Everyone now uses streaming services and gets information from their favorite artists on social media. Music in 2020 is very direct, allowing for many artists to gain a large following quickly and easily. I just looked up some of my favorite artists, and they get hundreds of thousands of streams each month. Lastly, you mentioned how people now are just trying to reproduce a dead sound. I would say a minority are stuck in the old days, like Greta Van Fleet, who I don't care for, but most artists have expanded and creating their own sound, like King Gizzard. Hmm. You should get them to do the soundtrack for your uh, Wizards and Lizards show, Ian. <laughs> anyway, sorry to rant. It's just, I feel very passionate about this subject, and if anyone is looking for a list of modern rock artists, I'd be more than happy to talk more about this. Okay, Jada, that's great. I love that you re- you responded to my thing. I'll tell you the honest truth. <clears throat> the way I answered that question is I flipped a coin. <laughs> it came up, it came up yes, so that I had to argue from the yes side. I can. Oh, use... I mean, it came up yes, and he went like, "I got to talk about the band." Yes, now. It, no, no. <laughs> it just came up. I had said, "Well, yes or no?" Which what is it's rock? Yes or no? So I said, "Heads, yes. Tails, no." Heads came, or uh, uh, yeah, heads came up as, as yes. So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna have to argue from the yes side on this." I really, I have no horse in, in the race, to be honest with you. But I'm glad, I'm glad that you responded because that's my favorite thing in the world is to have friendly discussions with people. Because the way that I think about things is to argue about them, not argue in a in a contentious way or in a in a contrarian. Although I'm a bit of a contrarian, but not not just in a kind of no, you didn't, no, you know, just a what do you call that? Just naysaying, I guess. I like to have like a back and forth, and I like people to change my mind. I like to hear their point of view, and I think you argued that very well. So thank you. Um, now, after that, oh, Chris Roberts responded. He said, thanks, Jada. Excellent rant as well. So Chris agreed with you and disagreed with me, which is perfectly fine. Uh, Uh, Matthew Smith wrote to say, congratulations on the milestone or millstone. Am I right? (laughs) And to the winner. How long till episode 550? That winner being Jonathan Bampton or known as Jeremy Banford. Uh, how long till episode 550? I want to make sure to schedule a few vacation days to take it in. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be even longer. It's up to you, though. It's up to listeners. You decide how long it is. Thanks for answering my questions. And yes, I am a fan of Completely Beatles. It's how I found you, after all. Having found and enjoyed Fab Four Free For All and others, I set in, in search of more Beatles podcasts, which led me to dot, dot, dot. While listening to those, I wondered what the hell's this sneaky dragon chicanery? Rest is history. 
Well, thank you for listening. And I hope I didn't come across as as uh, impatient or angry at the solo Beatles stuff. It's just, you know, completely Beatles. Beatles. Chris Roberts wrote to say, Fantastic show, folks. Mixed drawing and Liam's highlights reel were wonderful additions. And Ed Jurgansky wrote to say, I can't believe we made it all the way to, through all that. And Ed, you only wrote at the end. But I guess kind of like your, your questions, you came into the last minute, which is perfectly fine. He says... Wait. Edward, Edward reminds Wait. me of that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. where Andy just slides right under the door and then loses his hat and just grabs it at the last second. He always gets those questions in like right there, right <laughs> right time. That's right. That's right. All right. Ed says, way to blow all of the preceding 449 shows out of the water. Outstanding. Oh, thank you. Yay. Now that you're at 451, does the length of the podcast go back to an hour and 45 minutes? Or have you guys set a new bar? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we should do the ball at six hours. What do you think, Ian? Uh, what do you think of that idea? <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed... Again, once again, Oop. over my dead body. But continue. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed hearing everyone's questions. I wish we could all fill a room in person to celebrate your show together. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Yes. I love... Mm-hmm. By the way, I love the term a hoot. I love the idea of someone calling out something a hoot. I think it's that, that is a hoot to me. And I do think the idea of having everyone there to, to watch the show in person would be great. And then he says, and by the way, Texas barbecue is traditionally pit barbecue and slowly smoked over a long time. Makes for a tender and juicy meat, which sounds very good. Tex-Mex, in case you don't know, is less than traditional Mexican food made with, made with more flour tortillas than corn tortillas and lots of queso and queso. Queso is cheese, in case people didn't know. There is also yummy fish tacos here too, my personal favorite. Oh, that does sound good. And that is that. That was very good. Now, we did get some comments on our uh, Sneaky Dragon Facebook page as very well. Good. So I'm just going to turn to those. And for some reason, it came up as full marks, which is not very helpful. So I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to go back, back, back. Back, 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 back. And whoops. So just looking for uh, things people commented on. So, all right. So, uh, Ian, you posted a, a link to the Vancouver podcast community. I guess they did a little profile of Sneaky Dragon, calling us a long-running show. Yep. Which uh, Robert Ferguson laughed at and said, long-running indeed. Thanks, guys. I suppose. <laughs> uh, then Ed had written and said, listening to 450 right now, which you wrote back and said, done yet? And he said, not <laughs> even close. <laughs> which is good. And then Sarah Roche. Sir Walsh wrote to say, oh, my ceiling cat, you guys, almost seven hours? Well, here we go, dot, 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 gets comfortable. Then she says in brackets, actually, I'm listening at work, so hopefully it'll make my shift feel dot, 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 like almost seven hours instead of eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully it made it to go past, faster than that, we hope. And then uh, I just wanted to say that uh, Double Dog Dare got a comment as well from Sarah Walsh. And I like this because she said... You posted about the book coming out, and she wrote to say, I can't believe it's almost August already. And also, when will 2020 end? <laughs> but at least there's something to look forward to. I pre-ordered it a while ago. Can't wait. I really appreciate that. And also, the answer is 2021. 2021. is just, uh, there we go. And then... I swear to you, I swear to you, January 1st, 2021. 2020 will be done. It will be done, yes. It will be done. Matt, you remember when you're looking forward to this year? It's like the year we can make 2020 jokes about hindsight and all that stuff. And, <laughs> and yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is irony, folks. Yeah. That is bitter irony. Oh, 
So, uh, Ed Dragansky commented on you. Po- you posted a little uh, thing about about records. What good records were li- to be listened to at different the wrong speeds? And Ed wrote to ask. He said, "Just a curious observation. When I listen to the quote unquote, he didn't say quote unquote. I'm saying that when I listen to the supercut clips at the end of episode four, number four hundred fifty, you guys sounded sped up a bit. Is this because you actually were sped up on purpose?" Or because the clips were of the younger, more youthful versions of Ian and David. Believe me, I get the age thing. We're all guilty of it. Lily, no one should feel guilty about aging, but anyway. Yeah, keep it up. <laughs> keep it up, please. It's, a, it's, the, it's, the, best, it's the best alternative. Um, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if the show, if there was a, a difference between how Liam edited it and whether his... Because his, uh, he probably downloaded them and then edited from from a from a uh, his own uh, music editor I, I don't really know it also yeah. could be that we were younger then we we probably did sound a little bit different because we were that was nine years ago <laughs> that was that was a long Maybe. time ago a long time ago all right well that was very nice um, thank you everyone for writing both for episode 449 and for episode 450 I totally appreciate everyone's uh well how much you enjoyed the show I guess I should say that was it was I'm gonna speak not free I'm gonna speak for myself I really enjoyed doing that uh, epic 600, 600, six hour, uh, long episode. I really, I just, to me, it's a lot of fun. And, and oh. here's something I want to tell everyone. We seriously did not pee. <laughs> it was six, six straight hours of us just sitting there talking. Yeah. And you missed the fact that there was, I had 20 minutes before we started the show that I cut off. And then of course, um, Liam's, uh, cut added a, a bit of extra time as well, but that was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed all your questions. They were thought provoking and fun and entertaining and provoke lots of fun conversation and even when we said we were going to rush it at the end your questions were still so good we were just drawn into them every time so it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it <laughs> so thank you for enjoying it and thank you for writing that was really great and if you'd like to write more oh ian i guess we need to uh think up some questions for next sure well i got book. one which is um we were talking about uh, the goosebumps books so i was yeah. just wondering we've talked about like uh scary movies yeah but have we talked about scary books I Have think we, we asked people for their for their favorite uh, frightening. Book? I think I think we were very specific and asked for Stephen uh, maybe a Stephen King book I think or something like that. But I think mm-hmm. that's fine to to ask that one. That's fine. Okay. Go Have ahead. you got? Yeah. Is there a scary? Is a scary book that uh, really you you remember as like? Ugh. And it can be a Stephen King. That's fine. It can be yeah. goosebumps. Whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you have a do you have a secondary question? I don't. Sorry. Then I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. What is your summertime go-to uh, food? What's your you're gonna you're gonna like uh, you know we can't go too far we can't do too much yeah but what are you making that's your summertime comfort food okay what are you okay. enjoying uh, what are you enjoying making have you got a barbecue or are you throwing something on there uh, is there something uh, you eating some was uh, some, some 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 fruit uh, you frying up some fruit. We did that once upon a time. We, uh, our friend, uh, David Fine and, uh, Alison Stone, they went like, Hey, you ever put uh, pineapple on the barbecue? I'm like, no, did that. <laughs> oh. put a little Nutella on it. it was amazing. Okay. Uh, never had uh, that. What's your, yeah, yeah. What's your summertime, uh, go to, uh, uh, fun food. That's that good. We uh, regularly, uh, grill pineapple for hamburgers. Lisa likes it on her hamburger. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's very good. Of course, my answer is obvious. I, I love barbecued hot dogs at this time of year. This is the perfect time of year for barbecued hot dogs. I will answer next week. <laughs> good for you. All right. As you know, I'm Three Dog Dad Dirk, as was pointed out several times. 
internationally known three dog as three dog Dedrick. So if you don't call him if you don't call him Dee Dee, you call him three dog Dedrick. <laughs> so everybody, if you'd like to answer those thought provoking questions, you may go to our website, which is called sneakydragon.com. You will find the show posted there, and underneath that show, you will find a comment section where you can leave those sort of comments and many more, whatever tickles your fancy. You can also co- contact us via email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We are on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. We have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon. We have a Tumblr page called Sneaky Dragon. We have a Patreon page called Sneaky Dragon. And that is all. And if you want to send us some snail mail, if you'd like to uh, paint pictures for us and send them a la Mick from Australia, which thank you very much for that, Mick. I saw the bill on your package. So I do really appreciate that how much, although someone poo-pooed that as Australian dollars. I don't know what that means, but anyway, I appreciate the They call the them uh, didgeridollars. Didgeridoolers. And yes, you can go to our uh, contact us page on our website and you'll find all our various ways of contacting us, including our snail mail address. And uh, that's my house, by the way, it's a snail mail address. <laughs> so there you go. So um, that's the show, Ian. What do you think of that? I thought it was swell. Put and that in your I pipe and smoke to, it. I got a, I got a pee and it's just been like two and a bit hours. <laughs> yeah, how do we make it through a whole six? We must have really, you know what it is? It's our body knows it's the end of the show. And so it just starts to want to go to the bathroom. It's like it's trained that way. It knew uh, it knew that it was in for the long haul for the for the question and answer or the listener's question show. So um so yeah. This I think it's just sort of like a Pavlovian thing. Because I often have to go to the bathroom when I go into the laundry room. Mm. Because for a long time well for for a while, I don't know why it was, but I would be going to the bathroom and then I'd be like, Oh, you know what, I should just quickly jump into hop into the, the laundry room and just fold something really quickly. And then because I want to get them on the dryer before they get you know, before they get wrinkly. And then I'll go to the bathroom. And by doing that, I created this sort of weird Pavlovian thing now where if I go into the laundry room, my body's like, oh, is this when I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> so yeah, it's, there you go. So don't train yourself that way, everyone. It's not good. So thank you for listening. I'm going to say arrivederci. And uh, as same, uh, Dave did mention, we got two other podcasts, Fan Splainers and uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, but we do listen to those as well. Okay, bye. <laughs> and we're also on Patreon. Bye. I said, I said that. <laughs> do it. Uh, go there twice. Yes, I host the show. Yeah, damn right. It's about time. <laughs> it's like you hosted three shows in between yeah. this one show. Yeah. Hosted a telethon in between this one and that one. I like when you got really sweaty and sang my way at the end. <laughs> and you'll never walk alone. <laughs> you'll never pot alone. All right. I'll get some silence. And then uh, we can get this baby rolling. All right, I'll start.